Hello, horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror. I am Michael, and today I am joined by my very good friends, Scotty and Cam from the TerrorCast podcast, but also known as Hale House Productions. How are you guys today? Hey, how's it going? Really well. Oh, sorry, we're talking at the same time. You <laughs> fucked up. That's how we do, Cam. <laughs> we're, we're a unit. We're a hive mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like conjoined twins without the conjoined part. Right. It's yeah. like a spiritual thing. <laughs> It'll get old real fast, trust us. <laughs> I'm happy to have you guys back on because um if the listeners remember, uh, I had you on not too long ago and we were talking about your film Entropy that uh just recently came out. Well, it hasn't come out yet, but uh why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves and that film? Go ahead, Scott. I'm Scott. Uh, <laughs> I'm the co-owner. I guess now I get to be a director, but also writer for our films made under Hale House Productions. Um, I also starred in, 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 in Entropy, and Entropy itself is kind of like a body horror cult-esque slow burn horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, we talked about that a couple months ago. Um, since then, we've been accepted into a couple film festivals, uh, so we will actually be going to one in Georgia uh, in August. On Friday the 13th. Right. Ooh, yes. that's exciting. I'm it's really the, happy for you guys. Thank you. It's yeah. the Something Wicked Film Festival, mm-hmm. and it's, it should be a good time. We got about half of the cast and crew will be coming, which is really exciting. Uh, we still waiting here from the other half if they can make it or not but about half of them are confirmed to be going now so yeah it it should be pretty cool they got a huge slate of films so it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah that's awesome about about to go into or in pre-production right now for the third segment of our second feature-length film which is an anthology called free to a bad home we're gonna start that filming that in the first two weeks of october and then we'll do the wraparound segments after that and then that bad boy will be done and very nice third screenplay for our third film effigies that is done we just need money why don't you introduce yourself cam so yeah my <laughs> name is cameron <laughs> i'm a writer director co-producer um well co-writer scotty's the main writer um that's right that's right and uh yeah i i use i make scotty work non-stop 24 7 on developing you don't make me do nothing man and i hound him and he just he gets upset but then he's so happy because we have all this all this content now we can make stuff with <laughs> so he loves me <laughs> if you, you guys are a good see, team if you could see listeners his look right now <laughs> it's nothing but just i'm gonna make my own side movie where it's me planning your murder <laughs> oh okay there we go <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that's uh, kind of what we've been up to just cranking out entropy we're in two a couple festivals now we still got thir- last I looked at 30, not yeah, 34 other film festivals we're waiting to hear back from throughout the end of the year. Uh, they're all starting to pile up on each other though. So like September, there's like 12 notification dates just in September alone. So we'll know within the next few months how, how many more we get into. In the meantime, we've just been watching a lot of horror movies. Yes. It's always yes. a fun, that's always a fun thing to do when you've got nothing else to do. 
<laughs> or even when you have something else to do and you don't feel like doing it, put on a horror movie. That's what That's I do. That's it, right? Absolutely. So I don't get a lot of things done. So <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I am very, very excited to have you guys back on. I'm really, really excited to talk to you guys or talk with you guys about the film that we're going to be talking about today. But before we do that, are you ready to get into the We Love Horror 3 question round? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) All right. So I'll let you guys go first. You can ask me the first question since you are the guest of honor today. Just real easy. Favorite vampire movie. Real easy. Real easy. Oh, you're really going to waste a question on that. Mm -hmm. That's the question. That's an easy one. Oh, just starting off. That's maybe not the question. Just starting off. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking guy. Freeform, man. Um, My favorite vampire movie is this one. So the one we're talking about today, oh. 30 Days of Night. Yeah. That's your favorite? Oh, okay. it is. Yep. yep. Have, Scotty, what's your favorite vampire movie? Fright Night. That's a fucking great vampire film. See, I'm at, see, we got three different answers here. I'm going to go Near Dark. Ooh, okay. Some and versatility the, around here. I like it. Near Dark, man. Bill Paxton. He's my favorite vampire. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, Blade's my favorite daywalker. Let's just get that clear. <laughs> Are there multiple walkers? Well, you know. I guess if you wear sunblock. Yeah, if you wear sunblock like they do in Blade. <laughs> God. It's like 6,000 FPS. Yeah. I would probably still get a sunburn. Uh, All right, a- real question time. Cam, what you got? All right, so you have to choose between being in two horror franchises, knowing that you will die in the film, okay? Oh, I have to die? Yes, you will die. We all do eventually. Uh, so you got to take into account <laughs> true. the uh, the villains, if you will, and how bad you're going to get it. And which one would you rather die by? Right. Okay. So, the first one will be Children of the Corn. Mm-hmm. Or Alien. That's Alien <laughs> 1. <laughs> well, think um, about it. In Alien, you're going to be basically impregnated and all that with the face hugger. And I mean, stop, some people... You know, and then with Children of the Corn, you're you. going to get side up like a motherfucker and then possibly burnt. So mm. I don't know. Which one? Which one do you go with? I think I'm going to go with the Children of the Corn one because that's terrifying to think of something inside of me. I know, right? Just gonna, no, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. I don't want that fucking thing on my face. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> I agree with you. Children of the Corn is definitely the route I'd go <laughs> yeah i don't know i kind of i kind of think maybe getting impregnated <laughs> you rather Scott, scott's rather, into that sort of thing <laughs> you rather go that route i mean well, you, the face hugger goes on you and then you're knocked out and it provides you with oxygen so you're not like really <laughs> conscious then you wake up and then you eat a bunch of like noodles with your buddies on your spaceship <laughs> <laughs> and then your chest explodes right but like <laughs> you're in pain for i don't know it seemed like 20 30 seconds and that little fucker pops out and you're done no chopping no burning uh, i mean get you know, when, <laughs> when you break it <laughs> you get laid <laughs> you know when you break it down like i'm still gonna hold my answer but yours was a it does have its plus i put a lot of thought into this <laughs> <I can tell. laughs> he's got fetish manga in his room somewhere of alien <laughs> the face hugger <laughs> somewhere that's his like secret like fetish he was talking about wanting to watch tetsuo not too long ago i'm starting <laughs> to see a trend here <laughs> oh geez mm. good question cam all right your your turn michael bring it my on. turn all right so i kind of went with like kind of like a couple of questions i have two questions but one that are kind of like themed to the episode so the first question is 
if your town was overrun by bloodthirsty vampires, who is the one antagonist of any horror film? Like it can be a final girl. It can be like anybody from any horror film. Would you choose to like stand next to you and combat combat these vampires? Like if you could only choose one person from horror, who would it be? Oh, that's tricky. Uh, Okay. So off the top of my head, my first instinct is a blade. But then I'm like, you know, Celine can hold her own as well from Underworld, mm-hmm. Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. But it's like, do I want to pull out of the obvious, like it's from like other vampire cheaty. films? It is a little cheaty. So it, it... Ripley. <laughs> You're gonna go Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ripley. Ripley ain't gonna do shit. Um, and a vampire. She situation. could. She could. Like, She's gonna run out of she ammo. Like genocided the entire alien species. But she had she had the the means to do so. She I'm thinking shit, I'm not thinking like a mortal like final like what came to mind is like are we talking like jamie lee curtis are we talking nancy Na- what they can't hold their own against the xenomorph <laughs> nancy makes or a lot of booby traps though a, she a does listen <laughs> she home alone's that shit. She, she does home alone that shit <laughs> oh this, this is a tricky one michael because i want to give you a really good answer okay well i got mine while you're waiting for yours then all right all right go ahead so i have two options so i have mary todd lincoln from abraham lincoln vampire hunter because she's fucking mary elizabeth winstead is badass in that movie just gonna say mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. fucking love her um or uh aaron from your next because she's very good at setting booby traps yes. she's just very good at hand-to-hand combat and i feel like she could fucking fuck these vampires up if she had to I that's really a do. Solid, yeah, that's a solid. That's solid. So All either right. one of those options for me. I'm going to go with, um, the, I can't even begin to pronounce the name, so I don't want to butcher it. The main character from The Raid. The okay. martial artist. Mm-hmm. He would take down some fucking vampires. <laughs> that's my answer. All right, go ahead, Scotty. Very nice. Ripley. <laughs> <You're> still- <laughs> <laughs> hey, still I think going- Ripley's a great answer, so... <laughs> I thought he was joking. She got clones, it's like, it's fine. She, <laughs> she had, like, six clones, and she she burned them all. You know. And, like, half of them probably can't walk. You saw that movie? <laughs> <laughs> she, got, uh, she got acid for blood. If they try to bite her, their teeth are going to Oh, there we go, yeah. She'll still think, die. Think about it. She'll still die. <laughs> think about it, Cam. You're, you're right. I'm sorry. <sighs> is, this your in- last, is this your last question? You know, we have one left, so if you want to go okay. again, we might then... come up with another one. No, you guys go, and then I'll I'll do my last two. All right, what's your what's your next one? Hmm. Have we all seen the Saw movies? I know we've seen the Saw. Yes. Movies. Oh yeah, he's yeah, yeah. If there was one Saw trap that you had to do, or at least one that you think you could survive, <sighs> which one would it be? Hmm. You know what? I would go with like, the... obviously none of Amanda's. <laughs> no, <laughs> I would. I would say Amanda's. Oh, well, no, the very I mean, first trap, she all she has to do is cut open her roommate and get the key. Yeah, but it's like fixed to her jaw. Yeah, but she's fine. She can still like talk and shit. Mm, I do the barbed wire one because that dude, like, he well, had a lot of openings. He just kinda... oh, yeah, you're skinny. You're just gonna like float right through it. <laughs> I could do that one. I'm skinny right. enough. Right. You could tape us together and we get through. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh my God. Hmm. <laughs> uh, the. The candle one doesn't seem bad either in the first one. Yeah, unless the flame fucking touches yeah. you. 
Well, and you have like a million combinations <laughs> on the wall to like find. I see, I'm not good at math, so that would not be oh, my strong true. suit. I'd be like, true, fuck dude. this shit. Just, just be there for a while. I would self-emulate myself. I would just kill like, myself. <laughs> just be like, fire. Nah. You're like, fuck this. <laughs> Wait, which one are you doing, Cam? You're doing the bear trap? I'm doing bear. I'm in his bear trap. That seems like a risky one. What are you telling? You just cut open the roommate and get the key. I guess. That's as easy as it gets. So He's maybe. Going- Oh, no, no, continue. What were you going to say? Or in um, Saw 4, there's the trap where the um, the, the the druggie that ended up killing J- uh, John Kramer's unborn child when he was trying to break into the uh, oh, yeah, medical yeah. center, all yeah, he has so to like- do is push his face through the blades and then just don't be a dick afterwards. And then, of course, he wasn't, you know, <laughs> killed but, himself. Yeah, so- Oh yes, yeah, so, yeah. So I would, I would probably go over that one where you just push your face through the blades. Good one. I think for me, and this might be a cheating answer because this isn't like, this isn't like really like a set trap. This is just kind of like the the whole setting of Saw Two. Like I would pick the the house trap just because I feel like they make such stupid choices in that movie. Some of the choices they make, I'm like, really? If you would have done yeah. one thing differently, you would have gotten the like the the antidote. So it's just like, right. yeah. <laughs> Some of these people are just stupid. And I watched that movie and I'm like, I would total, I feel like I would survive that because I would just be like, okay, well, let's just figure out what we got to do. I don't know. So let's I'm going to say that yeah. one. Unless that's a cheating slow. answer. <laughs> I think it's a good one. And, and they also, I mean, that movie, it's not my favorite of the sorrows, but man, that fucking needle pit. Oh, mm. every time. Or like, don't jump down in there. Like maybe just like. Lowers. She wasn't jumped. She was thrown I in. know I'm saying like. <laughs> Why didn't someone with shoes just go down there? <laughs> Why did they, they had to pick the one girl without shoes, of course. Yo, can I get your shoes, please? <laughs> get down your lickety split. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, God. All right. You ready for my second question? Oh, yeah. All right. So this is kind of the same question, except different answers. So if your town was under siege by bloodthirsty vampires, what would your weapon of choice be to kill these vampires? Adamantium claws, adamantium claws, adamantium, maniac claws. <laughs> no, sorry, wrong. I'm I'm taking that back. Iron Man suit. Oh my god, you're such an <laughs> sick. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Iron Man. What suit. are these vampires weak to? I'm trying to think of practical stuff, and you're like, that's fucking practical. I know he's thinking of like a full body, like fucking suit. <laughs> I'll just get the Infinity Gauntlet and just reset it back. <laughs> I'll just get the Thor, the hammer of Thor. <laughs> I'm worthy. I don't know. Isn't it impressive the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And what <laughs> I do enjoy the Marvel films. I can like all of it. What are what are these weak, what are these vampires weak to? Are they they got anything special? Because some are like not weak to certain things in certain franchises. I was just I was just gonna say these vampires in specific, the ones in Thirty Days of Night. That's where my mind was going. I wasn't sorry. I should have been more specific. I guess I was just thinking of like these ones in specific. Oh. Yeah. So beheadings, sun. I mean, a sword seems obvious, but mm, that's. Mm. Do I have like a power source? There's like the power out, like it is in the movie. See, I think it's <clears> that's what I was thinking. Thirty Days of Night, right? Yes. Because I would get a. Um, wireless like one of those big ass fucking like lights that mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like the one that he uses in the movie i would just get one of those and just walk around and <laughs> beam them with it <laughs> and it would be one of those power like yeah. those cordless ones that don't need one 
Well, I guess Cam's Iron Man suit probably has some functionality for that, you know? Just plug it in, baby. There we go. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess if I can't have that. Some sort of cutting device. <laughs> some sort of cutting device. See, I personally, if I can't do the Iron Man suit, which is fine, I understand it's kind of cheating. I would go with more of like a vehicle. That's what I was going to say, like a four-side okay. car. Yeah, kind of like, I mean, kind of maybe... But if we're plot, so if it's, I might make, I might get a little harder on myself. That's be a vehicle from 30 days a night. I would go with the vehicle, the, the, the giant snow plow that he uses in the movie. With that like would the, be my weapon. the fucking blade. Yes. <laughs> on the, on the, on the, on the front. front of it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I would go with. That's awesome. <laughs> I'd go with a boat so I can get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <It's the laughs> <ocean. laughs> Until you hit an iceberg and you sink. Well. Yeah, probably like a vehicle. I feel like that makes the most sense to me. Like pimp it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bedazzle it. Bedazzle. Ra- the razzle dazzle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, my last question is what are your guys's, uh, what is your guys's most unpopular horror opinion? Like, you, you say one, Cam, and then Scotty, you say yours. Unpopular horror opinion. One would be for me. I know that a lot of people love <laughs> the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely in the camp that does not like it. And I always remember this one because you showed us your awesome yeah. case, which is amazing. And to be fair, I love the character of Babadook. I just didn't appreciate. Great, Cam. Now we're not coming back on any more shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> and, and on the flip side, though, seems like most of the world hates the 2006 black christmas and i fucking love it me too so yeah that that would be my unpopular opinion okay all right now scotty (laughs) (laughs) i also hate them you can't you can't use mine you can't use mine Um, that makes me so sad Makes me very sad. I'm, I'm a smooth brain. Don't judge me. I'm a smooth brain. <laughs> um, I also think the pol- poltergeist is super overrated. <gasps> he, I hate him saying this. It's he just so said much. that. He did. <laughs> what about you, Michael? What's your unpopular <laughs> horror opinion? <laughs> Sorry, I'm dying. <laughs> you guys killed me. <laughs> you killed me after you said you hated the Babadook. <laughs> yeah, he's got like something in his heart now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. <clears throat> um, Tim Curry's Pennywise is not as good as Bill Skarsgård. Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> They're dying. My heart just stopped. I'm guessing you guys disagree with that. Huh? No, I'm not saying I don't like Tim Curry's portrayal. I just think that Bill, Bill Skarsgård did a way better. See, it's hard for me to, to compare the two because Skarsgård's it is so plastered in CGI that he's not scary to me. Like, I think he matches, in my opinion, Curry's performance. And the only scene, and this is the opening scene of It Chapter One, where he's in the, um, the sewer mm-hmm. talking to Georgie, because there's no CGI. It's just straight. Well, it's a little bit, but it's all straight acting. It's all performance. It's all body language, atmosphere, and mood. But then Andy Muchetti goes and fucks all that up by 
giving him these weird like CGI camera trickery movements that are unnatural, which I get it. He's like, he's technically an entity from a different dimension based off the books. Um, so, I mean, I get why he did it, but with Curry's performance, obviously I didn't really have the technology to do with what Machete did, but it's just more grounded, which made it more scary for me. Mm-hmm. I, I like Bill's performance. I just, I like it when it's in small doses, not when he's like, the camera is lingering on him. I like when he's like down by the river and like the reeds or whatever, and he's, <laughs> he's got, got like the, the kid's arm and he's, he's like waving hand. at them. It's like yeah. real fast. He looks real creepy. Like, that's cool. Like, I wish they did more stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like them both. And I think I, mean, I just really, really love the look of Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise. I think, oh, like, yeah, his I think the fantastic. makeup is cool. The co- the whole yeah. costume is so cool. Like, yes. Yeah. He definitely is- has the best makeup and costume by far. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, with the three question horror round out of the way, would you guys like to get into the discussion of what movie we're talking about today? Absolutely. Thank you so much. And what movie is that, Cam? 30 Days a Night, directed by David Slade. Such Dark a good days. movie. Dark, no, <laughs> we're not do- oh, oh, we're talking about that dumpster fire of a movie. I only watched the <laughs> sequel. <laughs> I the worst. <laughs> um, would one of you guys like to read the synopsis? All right, let's do it. After an Alaskan town is plunged into darkness for a month, it is attacked by bloodthirsty gang of vampires. Wow. Nice job. A plus. I had to like, I put a little bit of pizzazz in there. (laughs) A little bit of razzle dazzle. A little razzle dazzle. spicy. I'm in my ice water. (laughs) Yeah, see, I don't want you guys to know what's happening. It's like, oh my God, he came at me. Very strongly <laughs> just now. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. I feel <laughs> very attacked right now. <laughs> um, it has an IMDb score of 6.6 out of 10. Uh, it was directed by David Slade, and he's also known for Hard Candy, which is another fabulous movie. I highly recommend to anybody who hasn't seen it. Such a good movie. Um, he also had the unfortunate... Um, directorial obligation to direct the worst wait is this we talked worst? about this is, this, this isn't no, the worst no, no. one this is the best one this is the best one okay i got confused <laughs> it's new see i get confused because i sometimes think eclipse is the second one but it's new moon that's the second one. i saw the fire in your eyes starting to burn yeah no he he got the pleasure never mind he got the distinct pleasure to direct twilight eclipse and my me and scotty or me and cam's personal opinion is the best one absolutely the whole series um he he also directed five episodes of hannibal but he was also an executive producer on all 33 episodes of hannibal so i I mean we gotta get hannibal back i know and he's done some big stuff i mean there i don't have like everything he's directed because a lot of it was um when he first started he was doing like a music video stuff that i noticed so he directed a lot of music videos Um, oh yeah, yeah yeah so like as far as like full length feature films he hasn't done a whole lot of that but he's done a lot of TV work and you know, the films that he does has done are pretty heavy hitters. So, um, but yeah, so it was written by Steve Niles, Stuart, Stuart Beatty and Brian Nelson. And Steve Niles is known for writing the graphic novel, 30 days of night blood trails. And that was what it was adapted into a mini series and the feature film. And yeah. then um, Stuart Beatty is known for uh, he's involved with the pirates of the Caribbean film series. Uh, he wrote 30 days of night G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra, I and I Frankenstein. Those are like the bigger ones that I've seen him 
be a, like responsible for the writing part at least i would love to talk with the uh with the screenwriters credited for the movie because the screenwriter guild of america based off their regulations is as long as you write i believe it's 50 percent mm-hmm. yeah 50 percent of it then you get head writing credit but that leaves you can have four other writers each doing 10 percent 15 percent 20 percent of rewrites that you weren't aware of or had no control over and they don't get credited so oh. you kind of have to wear the badge that yeah you wrote 50 percent of it so your name's on it but 50 percent of it isn't your work <laughs> so i would love to know because <laughs> yeah. i remember looking up stuff about the movie how um when david slade came on uh to direct the movie based off of hard candy when they approached him um he they rewrote the script apparently top to mm-hmm. bottom so i wonder I just it makes me curious like how much of the writer's work is in there what was changed like what that original script look like you know yeah not saying that it would be any better because this movie's really good i just i'm just curious it's just a time-honored tradition to shit on the writer (laughs) (laughs) and then uh the last person that wrote it was brian nelson and he also wrote hard candy four episodes of so weird i don't know if you guys ever watched that show but i remember that show when i was like really young um and devil which i also think is a very good movie Oh, the like, Shyamalan I know, produced one. Yeah, elevator. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I love that movie. I think I kinda it's liked it. really yeah, I saw good. it in theaters. I thought it was solid. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and this movie has some heavy hitters in it. Like a lot of like star people. Well, I guess just a few, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Josh, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Josh Hartthrob. George mm-hmm. <laughs> Hartthrob. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, my girl, Melissa George. Oh, yes. So yeah, Josh Hartnett, Hartnett plays Eben and he's known for mostly horror stuff from what I have on here. Well, actually not that much horror stuff, but Halloween H2O, which that blows my mind that that was his first film. I know. And it's, a, I love that film. Me too. <laughs> and then he went on to do The Faculty, The Virgin Suicides, Pearl Harbor, Black Hawk Down, Sin City, Lucky Number Slevin, 27 episodes of Penny Dreadful and 10 episodes of Paradise Lost. And there's a lot more, but I just yeah. put down the ones that he's like most notably known for. And I love that he almost wasn't in the movie because he quit Hollywood because he was so yeah. done with it. He was just doing indie films mm-hmm. and uh, Slade went to him. He's they he said he sent him the script and the graphic novel with like some letter attached to it. And that was enough to at least get him interested and seal the deal. Because I can't imagine this movie without Josh Harnett because he's like the movie almost. Yeah. Him and Melissa George really like hold this movie for sure. But there um, was one heavy hitter that was almost in the movie, but he passed after he won his Oscar. Who was it? Um, uh, Forrest Whitaker. He was supposed to oh. play Bo. He was supposed to play Bo. Okay. But um, Interesting. Yeah, he just won his Oscar for the King of Scotland, I believe it was called. And so that just didn't happen. Hmm. So I was like, oh, damn, we would have almost had Forrest Whitaker in this. <laughs> would have been why, interesting. Why wasn't he in it, Because he just won his Oscar. for. Oh. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure his agent was like, yeah, you can't go do some horror movie. You just won an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. um, but yeah, so Melissa George is Stella. And she's she's the one that's in a lot of horror stuff, actually. So she's in Maholland Drive, uh, 23 episodes of Alias, the Amityville Horror, which is another remake that I think is just fantastic that a lot of people hate. Uh, Teristas, and you and I were just talking about that movie on the phone the other night. Yes. Uh, eight ep- she's in eight episodes of Grey's Anatomy, and she's also in Triangle, which is a movie that I've seen once. So good. I need to watch it again because I don't remember liking it the first time I watched it. <laughs> so it's a movie that I'll probably have to go back and watch again. Um, 
Danny Huston as Marlowe, and he's in the number 23 X-Men Origins Wolverine in 10 episodes of American Horror Story. Uh, Mark Rendell as Jake. I don't have anything down for him because I didn't really know of anything he's in. But he's in a lot of stuff. Like, he's in a lot of television stuff. Uh, Mark Boone Jr. as Bo, and he's in 92 episodes of of Sons of Anarchy. Memento, Batman Begins, and Too Fast, Too Furious. And the last one I have down is Ben Foster as the Stranger, and he's in The Punisher. 22 episodes of Six yeah. Feet Under, X Men: The Last Stand, and 310 to Yuma. Dude, so. he's so fucking good in almost everything he's in. Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water is Pandorum. his best film. It had a 30 million dollar budget, and the uh, U.S. and Canada gross was 39.5 million, uh, and the worldwide gross was 75.5. So it did pretty good for the most part for the budget that it had, I think. I, know. I really expected it to do better. Because how good the movie yeah. is. You know? Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I don't know what happened, why audiences were stupid back then. <laughs> well, what came out around then? Like, was there some fatigue when it came to vampire stuff? No, I don't think there was any vampire stuff around then, besides maybe, what, Blade? Maybe Blade was the only competition. Blade and maybe Underworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it was probably like Underworld. I don't know. Maybe they didn't market it very well, or... Because all the Blades did really well. All the Underworlds did really well. There's five of those fucking movies. Yeah. But only one, because I'm not going to count the sequel, only one 30 Days a Night. <laughs> yeah. Though we, we retcon the, the sequel because it's that bad. So it's yes. not good. <laughs> um, and then I have some fun facts here. So the first one, I really like this fact because I was like, oh, that's so cool. So the vampires speak a completely original language. It was created for the film with the help of a linguistics professor at the New Zealand at a New Zealand university, which I find really cool that they just came up with their own like language for this film. I love it. <laughs> it just yeah. makes them more unique. It really does. Um, Josh josh hartnett did his own stunts and melissa george did most of her own driving which i found really cool too oh absolutely i love when actors do their own stunts because it, it just it makes a difference oh yeah yeah and especially now with the whole john wick age with keanu doing everything and tom cruise i feel like the audiences expect those actors to do their own stunts you know yeah <laughs> otherwise it's like yeah but otherwise what's the point everyone else is doing it <laughs> exactly it's probably more expensive than for them to get a body double than it is to just have them do it. Absolutely. So they're probably like at this point, they're like, you can do it. It's fine. You'll break an arm or a leg, but whatever. <laughs> It'll grow back. It'll yeah. grow back. <laughs> uh, the entire town of Barrow uh, used in the movie was built in New Zealand. All scenes were shot there or on a soundstage where it was easier to control the fake snow, which I think is really cool too. Like they literally built that entire town, which I think is fucking awesome. And they had to put it, Weta had to put in all the, um, the breathing, like, so you could see their breath mm-hmm. when, cause it's supposed to be cold, but they're on a soundstage. Like yeah. that blew me away. I was like, oh damn, that's so seamless. I feel like that's where that 30 million budget went to. <laughs> the the they, CGI breath. They might've been able to, well, that and like building an entire town on a soundstage and maintaining. Yeah. You had to extend the set with CGI and all yeah, that. Like it might've been cheaper actually filming in a town, but it could have been a lot harder too. Well, yeah. I feel like this movie You'd be behind day one. It'll snow one day and melt the next. Like, come on. <laughs> right. Soundstage is where to go. <laughs> um, in reality, Barrow, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of that is now, um, doesn't see the sun for roughly 67 days, not 30 days. My God. Mm-mm. 67? 67 days. 
Uh, the sequel should have been called 37 More Days of Night. <laughs> there we go. That's clever. Right. Uh, did you have any other fun facts, Cam? Because no, I think you I said yesterday you had some stuff. I said, I, yeah, I had like one. It was the breath. Oh, uh, okay. Because <laughs> didn't they have... <laughs> Didn't they have people come in and stand in like a freezer and they recorded their breath so that it would match with like the the dialogue oh, when the characters are speaking? I'm pretty sure I read that. That'd be hard because you got mm-hmm. you have to match that to the actors perform. I don't know. I mean, if they yeah. did that good, that you know, you got 30 million, go for That's it. A lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> just turn the fucking thermostat down. <laughs> yeah, turn the thermostat down to like 30 in the sound stage. They'll be fine. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um. But yeah, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to bring up before we get into the actual discussion, that's all I had. I do, when I saw it, I did see it in theaters with a friend when I worked in medical records. James? No, Scott. Scott, okay. Um, and I actually missed the beginning because we were there late. So I didn't see all the ship stuff and all that, like when they first arrived in the town. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I feel like that kind of skewed my feelings towards the movie because i missed that like it felt like something was missing but yeah obviously i've seen it a couple times since then but it was maybe not the first the best introduction to the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember the first time i watched this movie i rented it from like one of my neighbors that i was friends with at the time and it was like snowing and cold when i watched this movie and i watched it in my dark house like i turned off all it scared the shit out of me this movie <laughs> scared me so bad the first time i watched it and i was like ooh yeah because like i'm not a huge fan of vampire films so that's probably why this this film's probably my favorite vampire film that's ever been made just because it's like i've never really been a fan of werewolf films or vampire films so like this one the fact that it's like a genuine scary vampire film that's like scary from beginning to end i really like that aspect of it because you get like a lot of films like blade that like yeah they're they can be scary in some parts but i feel like they're mostly action and like not that that's a bad thing and I'm not saying it is. It's just like, I think this one is really good with its tone and like it's scary um, imagery and stuff like that throughout the movie. I don't feel like there's any part of this movie that's not like scary. So yeah, what I really loved about this film was the fact that the entire first act is the buildup and they do such yeah. a magnificent job at everything on the buildup with the cell phones and the dogs, mm-hmm. the snow sleds, the helicopter. Mm-hmm. They set up the end of the movie, like all within the first act. Yeah. So good. The first act is so good. Well, and I love how like the music, like from the time the movie starts, that fucking the music in this movie is beautiful. There's some parts of the music in this movie that I'm like, I don't like that. It's questionable. There's some parts, but I'll get to that when we get to those (laughs) scenes and I'll talk about what I'm talking about. But like the opening, like the opening music from the moment the movie starts, you're like, oh shit, here we go. Cause it's like the, the way they did this music is so like eerie and it fits so well with like this snowscape type type of feel. I don't know. They just did a really good job. Um, And then you get that title card that comes up at the beginning that says Barrow, Alaska, northernmost part or northernmost town in the U S isolated in 80, 80 miles of roadless wilderness and cut off every winter for 30 days of night. And then it like opens with, this is a, I just have to say this this movie is so beautifully shot from like beginning to end. It is the, the camera work, the cinematography. It's beautiful. I mean, that's why when I was reading about October boy, I was like, <laughs> if he brings that to that, then it'll be, it'll be great. Yeah. Cause like even the first shot, like of the film that you get of the stranger, like it's a really beautiful looking shot. And he's just like looking over the snowscape at this like huge freight ship. That's just like 
basically yeah, was, docked on the side of this freaking that was shot at a snow i think they called it a snow park but yeah so they filmed that at a snow park all like the the stranger stuff walking uh-huh. through the town and mm-hmm. then Weta went in and just like made the ship and everything in the fog bank or whatever but yeah oh, that's okay. all that's all like in a park which i thought was really cool that is really cool and then yeah and then he starts like just trekking through the snow and i'm just like damn he's dedicated because fuck that because he's like walking like and his feet are sinking down to his knees and he's just like and it looks so cold i'm like i could never live in this place one i can't i would not be able to be thrust in darkness for 30 days plus it's freezing and i'm like no thanks i'd rather die i'll just say that that's the one thing i noticed when watching the movie again was um so he seems to know exactly where he's going yet Mm -hmm. it's a pretty long walk (laughs) yeah it seems makes like, me wonder seems like it takes him a while to get there but like it's obviously like a short span of time that it shows him getting there but it seems like it's pretty far away because you get yeah. that one shot that's like really far away and you see just like hills of just endless like snow hills and it's just like damn yeah exactly that's why i was wondering it's like i i guess they don't need to explain i'm assuming he, they scoped it out before yeah i'm yeah. assuming because he kind of kind of cleans out that place pretty good <laughs> so which i'm gonna get into that in a second i find that a little bit real unrealistic but we'll we'll get into that in a minute that's one of my little nitpicky (laughs) things about this movie but first we're um introduced to billy and eben and eben's our main character obviously and they're like standing there and i love how his first line of dialogue eben's is strange he just says strange (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you're like okay (laughs) and i remember like i watched this movie with commentary like forever ago and there's like certain things i remember out the commentary but that one specifically they were making fun of that line because he's just like i love how that's like the first thing my character says is strange and that's it <laughs> like because they're looking at like a bunch of like satellite phones like cell phones that have just been like scorched like they're all in this pile and it looks like somebody's burned them see that that line makes me wonder because i know they used a like a lot of the some of the movie they took straight images from the graphic novel and it's mm-hmm. like exactly the same in the movie and they did the same with dialogue so i wonder if that's his first line of dialogue in the graphic novel oh i don't I know wonder. i haven't have you read the graphic novels we have the first one it's been forever since i read it though Kristen bought it and then it mm. just kind of ended up at my house mm. <laughs> but yeah I, I haven't read it in a long time though oh, okay but uh um, yeah they apparently i thought maybe maybe it's from the graphic novel <laughs> could be yeah, yeah um and like billy's like do you think the kids did it and he's like no they would have left it evan's like no they would have left a note like a fuck you to our to their parents or something like that and he's like this doesn't seem like a harmless prank he's like there's there's something you can tell in his mind there's something going on here like he's already <laughs> kind of like alarm bells are going off and then they're uh they're looking out at the sunset which looks really beautiful by the way like that shot of them just like santa and they're talking about how like they took their their wives out here for their first date and stuff like mm-hmm. that and I like how they really set up this. Um, well, I like how they do it with a lot of these characters. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that they set up kind of like subtle backstories for all these characters without going into too much detail. So like with Eben, like they kind of briefly talk about Stella, but they don't bring, they don't like bring up her name yet and you don't meet her yet until a little bit later, but you can kind of tell like he's going through like a really messy separation or, or something of some kind with somebody, but they don't really explain it right away. And uh, I like how they do that. Like they don't just like spoon feed everything for you in this movie. You kind of just like learn things as it goes along. Yeah, that's one of the things I liked about the movie were just kind of like the unspoken relationships or little things that subtly they hint at. Um, yeah. Because it is such a small town and everybody's going to know everybody and every little thing. And I thought it was 
their relation their relationship is it's not like typical like oh we're separated we fucking hate each other or whatever yeah like, there's kind of this mutual sort of respect there's still like a little love there it's cool. yeah like they still they obviously still care about each other and there's you know there's some there's some sort of something there but you don't see mm-hmm. that until a little bit later on um yeah. but then they go to like change the sign like the population sign and as billy's doing that like evans in his car and he's like using his inhaler like sets up that he has an inhaler and um and then he's like i don't know why you bother changing that sign and he's like billy's like it's tradition (laughs) because it's like i guess it's something i do every single year but then um stella it cuts this is when it cuts to stella and you meet the beautiful stunning great actress melissa george and she's uh she's talking i don't remember what his name is there's so many freaking names in this movie i just wanted to preface that right off the bat there's so many freaking people in this movie so forgive me if i don't remember every single person's name they even the there was another fact that i read on imdb that they literally named every single vampire in this movie not one vampire does not have a name which i think is actually kind of cool yeah yeah that is cool. But I was like, I was not about to like name every single fucking person in this movie. I was like, no way. <laughs> but um, she's talking to one of the guys in the film and she's he's asking her, you know, he's like, are you sure you don't want to stay? We were kind of hoping that you would think rethink this separation thing. And she's like, sorry, I got to get back home because her apparently she goes around and like certifies equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like he's like, I noticed that you Barrow was the last one on your list. And she's like, yeah. And you're like, mm, that's not, the last that's not the- subtle at all. Right. <laughs> and I, yeah, and you know, that too, it's like, you know, she doesn't want to get stuck there for the 30 days of night. Yeah, she makes it the last on the list. Yeah. It's almost like, is that a character beat? Because she, <laughs> she kind of maybe does want to talk to her husband. Who knows? Yeah, but- like you would think that if she wouldn't want to be stuck there, she would not have that place as the last place on her list that would be the first place on my exactly. list because no way am i staying for 30 days in darkness nope no man <laughs> yeah, this is this is a really stupid uninformed question but how far would you have to drive from barrow so that it would be daylight again 80 miles 80 miles is that what it was okay it's 80 miles of barren so i'm assuming it's 80 miles so it's on the tip. So you're it's, not like really sh- the way on they show it on the map. It's mm. on the tip of it, and that's yeah. where. So they're on the tip. So I guess technically you're not really stranded, but you kind of are. Well, the fact is that you have no road service, and it's blizzards. So your roads are you're cut off because I mean, there's no road just service. Keep going, I guess. Well, so yeah, got- they have a blizzard that helps. <laughs> yeah, you had the blizzards, so yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's just a weird concept to me that like it can be like pitch black or whatever for 30 days, but if you just go 80 miles one way, like yeah. Well, and I like how in this next scene, you kind of um, like you get uh, like the town of Barrow and everybody's getting ready to like leave. There's some people that are staying behind. There's some people that are leaving and you get that scene of Doug and he's talking to his wife and he's like, I promise I won't live off of like Oreos and Snapple for the yeah. next month. <laughs> and then you get like this subtle like scene with Kristen and her dad, like he's leaving. And uh, like, you don't really get a whole like that's the other thing i kind of like about this movie is like you're introduced to so many characters in this film but they still do a really good job of like giving all these characters some sort of like something to latch on to so that you're like okay i'm invested in these characters even though i don't any know really anything about them i think they do a really good job with this film in that aspect of like getting you kind of like attached to these characters without really doing a whole lot to do it it's clever screenwriting too because they're 
those characters mm-hmm. have callbacks later in the movie. Like uh, that yeah. character, what talking about not eating Oreos later in the movie is like, oh, I told her I wouldn't live off of these things. And that's <laughs> yeah. all you can eat because they're in the attic. So, yeah. you know, it's nice little built in devices, which which have payoffs. Little payoffs. Nice. Yes, that's what I was good. Yep. Uh, setups and payoffs. There's a lot. There's a few of them in this movie that I really like. Um, but oh, and then this next scene, this is a trigger warning for people who uh, are dog lovers out there because the scene is pretty fucked up because you get like the sled dogs and all the in all the kennels and they're freaking out and you don't see who's doing it right away. But you see someone just like raise like a knife and just like start killing all the dogs. And so my dog watched this scene and I felt really bad He's because he's like, he hears the dogs barking and he's like, hmm. And I'm like, no, Vader, look away, look away. Like he's a kid. It's like, yeah. don't look. Should have covered his eyes. Yeah, yeah. He, was on, he was too far away. Uh, he's he's, tor- he's uh, scorned now. Yeah. Well, and, I, and like, this is what I'm talking about. Like with like the, the, the small, like subtle character introductions. Cause in this next scene, you get Eben and he stops um, on the side of the road. Cause Bo's like, I think he's broken down and he's fixing something in his car and like a, there's like a whole bunch of oil from his car like leaking on the street and he like he's like i'm gonna have to cite you for it i can't have you like i can't have that leaking all over the sleep <laughs> the street and he's like you don't have to cite me you don't have to do anything like right. and again another setup and a payoff at the end of the movie yeah mm-hmm. and bo yep and bo's like uh he's like isn't that why we live out here for a little freedom and he's like have a nice day he's like here you go and then when he gets back in the car, Billy's like, did you have to cite him? And he, and he says something, Evan says something that's like really nice. Cause he's like, he lives all alone out there, like on the North Ridge or whatever. And he's like a little citation now and then lets him know that he's still a part of this town, which is, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. But at the which same is, time, it's like, how many times are you citing him a year? That's what I'm you? saying. <laughs> it sounds nice. But at the same time, it's probably like this fucking guy. Like, <laughs> are you citing him for every small infraction that he does? <laughs> I do it because I love you, Bo. Yeah. yeah, it's for straight love. <laughs> well, Evan seems to be like trying to keep like the structure in order there, you know? You yeah. It's like seems to be some sort of push for a little bit of tradition, you know, like with changing the sign or just making people feel involved. And well, Evan like didn't that. want to change the sign. I know. But yeah. That was in general. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And then he's like, uh, he's driving back and then you get the call from Helen like over the walkie talkie and she's like uh, something bad has happened to John Reese's dogs and then it cuts to Stella and she's driving to get to the airport and I really like this jump scare because I remember the first time I watched this movie this oh my god it like scared the fucking shit out of me because it literally comes out of nowhere she's just driving and all of a sudden Malachi comes and like rams right into her with this big ass tractor with like a blade at the front of it uh-huh. like a saw looking <laughs> blade at the front of it yeah i love i always i also wanted to mention how casual he is when he comes up to her he's just like like if it were me and i accidentally almost hit somebody and thought i killed them i would be running up to the car and be like oh my god are you okay she he just comes up to the car and she rolls down the window and she's like god damn it malachi don't you know what right of way means and he's like this is how he says it i'm so sorry stella the the brakes jammed and i I couldn't stop like he's just so calm about it and it's like okay you could have killed her but all right (laughs) i think he didn't like stella <laughs> he's like he's like oh sorry i was supposed to uh, put out a hit for you and yeah, uh, exactly. it didn't work out so sorry eben didn't work out this me, time. we'll get her next time you're costing me too much money eben yeah <laughs> it's not working <laughs> and then um she's like well who's gonna drive me to the airport and he's like well i could get my mom to come up and give you a tow but you know she can't move that fast and he's like why don't you just have eben do it and so like he cuts back to Eben and he's about to leave 
and he gets the call from Stella. And I love how he like slams on the brakes in the middle of the parking lot. Like he's like going to back up and she, she like rings him and he like stops and then he answers it. And I love how fucking like pompous he is to her. He's such a dick to her. <laughs> Cause well, be, well, to be fair, she's in town hiding from him. They're still married and she's avoiding him. Yeah. I can see why he's very upset. <laughs> oh, oh Yeah. Um, but even like when, even when he answers the phone at first, he's like, it's me. And it's like, well, who else would it be? She's calling your phone. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but she's like, um, he's stressed. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to miss my flight. I need somebody to take me to the airport. And he's like, wait, you're in town. Like, and you didn't want to talk. And she's like, well, if you want to talk, we can do it on the drive. And he, he gets Billy to go pick her up. He's like, <laughs> Billy, can you go pick her up? And he's like, well, let me know if there's a time that you do want to talk. And then he just hangs up on her. Yeah, that was I, I like that because you know they do because they only give after that line of dialogue, it's not to the second act. You actually and it's one line of dialogue in the second act that tells you why they're fighting, you know. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. it, they don't even touch on it anymore after that. It's like, all right, I really like that. It's not drawn out like relationship stuff. It's like, all right, yeah. they have an issue, and you find out really quickly why. Yeah. And it's in a big scene, so it's not like it's a throwaway line. Most movies mm-hmm. would draw that out, though. Yeah, they would. Yeah. That's why I really appreciated how they handled it in this. Like, we They're... don't have any other way to make you like these characters, so. <laughs> yeah, let's put their conflict up front. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like... We're just going to draw this out as much as we possibly can. Right. Exactly. That's why I really appreciated this in this one is, you know, they, they give you exactly what you need, and it's not drawn out, and it works. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, then back to trigger warning for dog lovers, because this is when it cuts back to the aftermath and you see like all the dogs and they're just fucked up. Like, they are slaughtered. And Evan's just sitting there looking at it. And then he's like talking to John and he's like, did you fight with anyone recently? Because he's like, who would do this? Every single kennel, every dog. And he's like, did you fight with anyone recently? And then this is when Billy Pell pick Stella back up and I love how when she's like what took you so long he's like well I started thinking I was like was it 55 and uh ri- something yeah. or ransom and she's like okay just go just drive purposely just, just, be, yeah, it. <laughs> just being such a fucking smart ass it's so good that's <laughs> something then, I would do <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> and then you get introduced to two other characters in this next scene because this is when Eben gets back to the sheriff station and Jake's playing like a board game by himself and he's like it would be a lot easier if you would just play with me grandma because she's like sitting there at the computer and she's like well I don't really care for those games if you want me to be honest with you and then that's when Eben comes in she's like well try your brother and he's like do you want to play and he's like I can't right now you know mm-hmm. um and I just I just like how you get these subtle interactions. There's not a whole lot of like lead up to these characters. You just kind of get them in the next scene and then you just learn more about them as the movie goes on. And I really like that. It's yeah, a little, like Stephen Kingy, you know, like just kind of mm-hmm. bouncing around back and forth between all these little characters in this like small town. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Helen tells him that there's like a vandalism problem at the Utilidor. And he's like, why don't you call uh, Point Hope and Wainwright and see if they're like experienced anything like this? Because you can tell in his mind, he's like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, yeah. I mean, you have cell phones being taken and then you have the dogs killed and then. Which I'm just like. You find out the helicopter is destroyed. He's doing, he's, the stranger's getting a lot done really quickly. And that's what are, I find really it, unrealistic. It is a part. small town, though. But it is a small town, so I feel like people would notice someone who's out of, 
place. And also everyone's kind of like, yes, he could be moving around within the chaos of people like getting ready to leave. But at the same time, everybody's moving around and getting ready to leave. So everyone's kind of probably more out and about than usual. But how long does it really take to to kill a bunch of dogs and burn cell phones and sabotage Utilidor and fuck up the helicopter. Seems like a lot. <laughs> but it's at lot. least like 30 minutes. <laughs> well, not to mention if he's like destroying phones, doesn't he have to go in each person's house that has a phone? And like, it just right. seems like a lot. Well, remember this movie was made in what? 2006 and seven. seven and um, <laughs> not everyone has cell phones. Yeah. They still had rotary phones. I mean, they're, they're living a pretty basic life out here. And that's kind of what they allude to in the film. with like bow. You know, yeah. it's more of a simple life. So but everyone has house phones, which they do take the very part that they do separate the house phones as well from the phone cord or whatever yeah. the, the main telephone line. But not everyone has cell phones. But how, how does he know who has cell phones? How does he know I'm which sure houses he, to hit without hitting? I'm, well, I'm sure he's True. just hitting the main spots, like the um, like the helicopter tourism guy. He's going to have a cell phone. Police station probably going to have a cell phone. I don't know. It just seems like really unrealistic that he had all this. Like, it just seems like a really short amount of time to be able to do all the stuff he did. That's um, what I'm thinking. Maybe the ship's been camped there for a while, and he kind of scooped it out before. You know, I think, and that way he on the day he knew where to go. I think you can cut the main lines. And it, it's a cool image seeing all like the cell phones burn, but like yeah, maybe just like you know, ah, can't get any signal because of blizzard. Like it's lame, but like <laughs> yeah, it makes sense more than him like going through each house and he just happened. No, to all of the cell I still phones like in the town it. and no one can make a call out. <laughs> I still like the even if it's I mean, a little. I don't care. It doesn't. It's make a, a movie about vampires. You know, he can take he can take all the fucking cell phones. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> and I mean, it's just like little, it's like a nitpicky thing. It doesn't like take away from the movie at all. I just, like, exactly. yeah. every time I watch it, I just notice it. And I'm like, how did he have all this time to, to go around and, and sabotage this entire town in such a short amount of time? Like, it just seems like a lot for one person to do. So I don't know. But what I like about it though, too, is on, on the whole time thing, even though he, the stranger made it did this in like record time, Evan finds out by the time he gets to Utilidor, it's pretty much night. So it took yeah. him all morning and evening into night to like for to keep finding out this stuff. So it, yeah. it at least with him finding out, it does take all day. Mm-hmm. You know, which is which I thought was cool. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and then the, uh, this is the scene where they get to the airport and she like just misses the plane mm-hmm. just by like two or three minutes. She would have made it if she would have gotten there sooner. And she's like, I can't stay here. Like I have bills to pay. My plants will die. And he's like, well, you can stay with me and Peggy. Like Billy's like, you can stay with me and Peggy as long as you tell me what is going on with you and Evan. And she's like, I love that line that she says. Cause she's like, um, not enough time in this uh, century, Billy. <laughs> which is, which is kind of a weird line because you, like we alluded to earlier in the second act, you find out exactly what the conflict is. Mm-hmm. And it took one sentence. <laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, there's probably more than that too. I'm sure yeah. they just don't go into like a whole lot the of detail. Detail, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's when then Eben gets to like the Utilidor and sees Carter, which I really like the Carter character because I like how he kind of like they go into the office and he sees like the pictures of Carter's family like hanging up on the the bulletin board, and he's like. Uh, why don't you have your wife bring you like up a sweater or bring the whole tribe while she's at it and Carter's like well I guess they'll just come when they're ready you know which and is a great setup and payoff for something else yep, yep. Um, 
and then they're talking about like the helicopter like how the throttle was ripped out and all that shit like the the gear all of it and it's like i love how he's like i'm usually able to pull it out before the muffin monster shoots it to shit that's what he calls it and it's like it's basically just like this big machine that has like grinding gears that just like crush things big meat grinder yeah basically yeah (laughs) which you know some motherfuckers going in there later Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about horror movies. When they, like, show this stuff, you're like, okay, that's gonna come back. The big choppy car is gonna come back. That's why this movie works so well, is because they have the big, obvious payoffs, and they have the small ones, like his family and stuff, which plays a big role in the second act of the film. Obviously, this wouldn't have been possible, but I thought it would be really cool if they kept the whole vampire thing, like, out of the marketing. Uh, If there were no graphic novel, and it was, like, 30 days a night, the detective, not detective, but the sheriff is like, someone is sabotaging the town. Things, people like are going missing. The dogs are dying. And that's like kind of the premise. So mm-hmm. basically if going blind. Yeah. And- but then it's like, oh shit, it's vampires. That would be genius, but I don't know how the hell do you do it. Me either. I don't know. That would be cool. It I like that cool. idea. It'd be a cool. It's like, like they cabin- walk off to the horizon. There's this big ass old ship. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, um, Cabin in the Woods did something similar. They didn't market yeah. the whole, uh, yeah office side of things i guess is the easy way to put it (laughs) you know so like no one knew they and and it's kind of why that movie tanked because everyone thought it was just a generic slasher when it really is not (laughs) so oh but speaking of cool though because you guys were just talking about how something's really cool this next scene with gus is really cool because this is like and i also like how quickly this movie kind of just starts like i mean you get like you get lead up and you get like scenes here and there that are very like you know slow slow burnish and stuff like that but you get like it really like when it starts taking off it really takes off and like the scene with gus is like really scary i think because he's at this like he's at the satellite station yes um and like you you hear what sounds like someone running on top of the roof and so he goes to stand up and then like the power goes out and i love the way these vampires sound because they're like (laughs) they make like a really weird yeah they do like a clicking noise but they also do like like what it sounds like when you're gasping in air i don't know it's it's like a really cool like they sound animal dying is what it sounds like yeah like like an animal's last breath of clicks (laughs) yeah and i don't know what it is about the scene but every time i watch the scene it it still gives me chills like that's how effective it is because he's standing there and you just hear like in the distance you hear one of them like scream Mm -hmm. like one of the vampires like shriek and it just sounds so creepy because like that's the reason why I don't like camping is because when I hear shit like that in the middle of the woods at night, I'm like, nope, I'm out. Nope. So like, that's like the same scenario, just not the woods. It's like in the middle of like the frozen tundra, but still it's scary. And then he goes out there and I like just like how you get like little glimpses of these vampires, but you don't get like the full scope of what they look like yet. But he goes out there and they're like all surrounding him. Mm, yes. And then one of the vampires just like jumps on him and just like slits his throat open and starts eating him that's what i really liked about the opening of the movie was you don't see the vamp you really don't see the vampires until the end of the first act like you see little glimpses or real quick cut but they're in the darkness out of focus you know and it it just helps sell the uh the scariness of them like it's it's effective build-up to the reveal which i thought was really cool it's like one of those movies where it's like vampires have been done to death let's like let's take them back you know let's make them scary again Yes. Yes. That's and I, that's why, I, like I said before, that's why I love this movie so much is because they're not campy vampires. They're not like they're terrifying. Like I think they're yes. probably the scariest vampires to be put on film. That's just my opinion. There's probably scarier ones out there, but like I said, I'm not a huge vampire person, so I haven't seen all the vampire movies that there are. So, I mean, so, you know, I would say this is definitely top 
top two of scariest vampires. Oh, for sure. Oh, because I mean, I don't, the way they do every. I mean, what I like about it too is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, spoilery, but um, they make that comment later in the movie that it took centuries for them to make them not believe they're real. So yeah. That, so I really liked with like the old tribal dialect. They look like sharks. They they have that old timey feel about them, which mm-hmm. just sells it. Yes. Um. But I also like this next scene because then this is like where uh, the stranger really gets like his character because he like this is the first time you ever hear him talk and he's at the diner and he's talking to Lucy. She's one of the waitresses and he's like, um, <laughs> no, no whiskey, no rum. And she's like, alcohol is illegal this time of month. It's uh, bad enough that we've got nighttime, you know, making everybody crazy. We don't need alcohol making it worse, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, He's like, that's okay. Just bring me a bowl of raw hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you get, you get meat, you get meat two ways around here, burnt or frozen. And he's like, give me what on a drink. Well, what I want to <laughs> eat. I wanna eat. <laughs> what I want to drink. Yeah. He's so, <laughs> yeah, he's so weird. Cause they can be like lunges at her and like grabs her. <laughs> and I, lo- I just love how he says that. He's like, you don't bring me what I want to drink. What, what I want to wanna eat. eat. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I wonder where he's supposed to be from. You know, like where his character originates from. I, I don't know. What a weird accent. It's, choice, yeah. it's so good, though. <laughs> it is. It is. And then this is when Eben steps in and he's like, why don't you and I come out, go outside and have a conversation? And he's like, I'd like to see you do that. <laughs> so, and Eben plays it so cool. Yeah, let's like, just go outside, you know, let's just, let's just go have a party. <laughs> yeah and he's like what's wrong with the man on a little bit of fresh meat <laughs> it's so weird such a creep um, thing going on. i guess if if uh what's josh heartthrob wasn't in this film that um i mean i, I could see ben foster playing the main character could easily be a sheriff yeah, yeah. oh yeah be- that would have been yeah. interesting. Make Ben Ben Heartthrob. <laughs> Heartthrob. Make him make them switch roles. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It'd be definitely a stretch for Josh. I feel like something different. Oh, that'd for be sure. cool. Yeah. I, it'd work either way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's when uh, Stella comes in and she like points the gun at the back of his head. And I remember like when I watched the commentary, they said that this shot took them so long to get it right. Cause it's like a, it's like a shot where it shows like the gun at the back of his head and then it like kind of moves over and you see Stella standing there for some reason in the commentary, I remember them saying it took them so fucking long to get that shot. Right. And I'm like, really? Cause that looks like a really simple shot, but there yeah, was something, there was something about the shot that they just couldn't get it right. And they, it took them so long. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. So it looked like it's just on a dolly and you just had the focus pull or pull focus. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I just remember them distinctly remember that sticking out to me when I watched the commentary and remembering that them saying that that one specific like scene or sequence took a really long time to get right. But yeah, I wonder if it's directly out of the comic and they're just making sure it matched the page. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can relate to that because there are some shots in like a film that I made a while back that I still need to release. There was one specific shot that took me almost an hour and a half just to get right because it was like i had to i'd have to pull focus on one thing and then pull focus back to another thing and then make sure the actors were in the right place at the right time and so it took a long time so i get it like with shot like even like the most simple shots can take hours to do so oh we we, yeah we know that all too well (laughs) you guys probably know that too yeah no man 
but uh yeah yeah, then Eben like handcuffs him because he tries to lunge at Stella and I love how he's like he's like I heard you're uh heard you missed your flight that sucks he's like so dry towards her (laughs) and at first so good well at first I love how cocky he is because he's like where are you gonna stay and she's like oh Billy and Peggy you're putting me up and you can tell like the immediate disappointment on his face he's like fuck I was really hoping that you'd be like homeless for the next month you bitch (laughs) yeah or like stuck with him so they could talk or at least yeah he's like i was really hoping you'd have to sleep in your car this month (laughs) (laughs) then he's like well i guess we can talk i guess we'll have plenty of time to talk then she's like oh yeah yeah (laughs) that's what i want (laughs) yeah and so she ends up like tagging along with him to go see like uh helen and uh jake and they're like sitting in the car and they're kind of just like you can definitely tell there's some awkward tension with them and like this, the guy's like handcuffed in the back seat, and they're talking about like how shitty their days were. Cause she's like, Yeah, uh, Malachi totaled my car, and he's like, One hell of a day. And then the stranger's like, You just wait. Yeah, it's so good. It's so <laughs> ominous. He's like, He's really good at delivering that ominous like tone. He's very, very good at it. Yes. Yeah, he's fantastic. And then they end up like putting him in the cell, in one of the cells at the sheriff station. And, um, this is like another scene that I really, really like coming up because uh, it's with Denise. And I actually really, really enjoy the actress that plays her. And I enjoy the character of Denise as well, because I feel like there's so much to actually get into her with her character that's not really fully said about her. And I think I remember hearing a lot of this with the commentary. She's kind of like the town floozy from what I remember them saying in the commentary. And it's just very like, very subtly painted that she's a floozy because you see them like leaving the pipeline and they're like chatting and they're like, Oh, which one, who am I going to take? Which one, uh, whose house are we going to go to? And she's like, neither of you are getting me alone. And they're like, Oh, well, and she's like, uh, I'll be good. And he's like, Oh, what's the fun in that? <laughs> you yeah. know, they're just like very, very flirty, very. Sexual. I don't know if it's, subtle. I, don't know if it's like, I don't know. I think we're about to have a game, like a threesome. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> looks like a, like a train was about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I mean by like subtle is that like she makes a comment later on that I, I'll I'll touch on when we get there. But like it's a comment that like really says a lot about her character going forward because she makes a comment about something that like nobody should know unless you know. But I'll get to it. Oh, the yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. So they're like so they're like standing out there and they're like playing rock paper scissors to decide who. Uh, whose house they're going to go to. And I really like this scene a lot because they're, they're doing it all of a sudden out of nowhere, just a vampire fucking comes and takes the one guy out. Yes. So they're standing there and all of a sudden he just falls from the fucking sky and his throat's like ripped open. And of course, Denise does the smart thing that hopefully most of us would do. She just fucking books it. She's like, I'm peacing out. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) The other guy ends up staying. And I like how you kind of see like a whole bunch of vampires kind of step in the scene behind him, but you don't really get a good glimpse at them. Like you said, like the first half of the film, you don't really get a good look at them. And I really like how they do that. Like less is more approach with these vampires. You see a lot of them like within like the, the second and the third half of the movie. But in the first half, it's really just building that like tension with them yeah and they do that perfectly in this because that exact scene we're talking about they this the first time you see one walk into frame but he's out of he's like ever so slightly out of focus in the dark so you still can't really see him but you see enough to go fuck like these things are terrifying looking (laughs) yeah vampires are cool in this because even after they start showing you them more often they're never like not kind of creepy or intimidating like they're always scary old you know i love how they like kind of 
they always like keep them like their mouths like full of like fresh like they're always like painting themselves with blood and yeah stuff. I, I don't know yeah they, they never look boring and they never get boring they're always no. just fucking like like sharks they're like land sharks you know what i mean <laughs> like, bloodthirsty land sharks that's what we're gonna call them from now on <laughs> just call yes. them the land sharks exactly <laughs> but uh i just like some of my favorite parts of this movie aren't even like the vamp aren't even the vampires it's more so like coming from ben foster's character he does a really fucking good job in this movie i know we brushed yeah. on it already but eben is talking to him about like you're not from here um, you wouldn't have flown in because people would have noticed you. So how'd you get here? Like, where'd you come from? And he doesn't say anything. We have all month. <laughs> yeah, we have month long to to figure this out. And he's like, you you aren't going anywhere. We're gonna be here for a while. And so he like stands up and he he goes over to like the desk and he's like, Jake, come here. And I really like this is another payoff. This is another setup and a payoff because he's like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's pot. He, it helps with her cancer yeah <laughs> and helen's like couldn't tell you that i had a little greenhouse at my house didn't want you arresting me it's so good <laughs> it is so and he just good. looks at her like seriously like <laughs> well, yeah when well, i love how he tells jake he's like now i know why you wanted to move in with grandma and he's like no that's not what it is at all i just thought that you and stella would want some space <laughs> and it's like no you know that's why he moved in because he wanted to get uh get a little thumb something from his grandmother <laughs> absolutely <laughs> But um, yeah, and then this is when uh, I love I love the switch of Ben Foster's character in this part specifically because Helen's like, oh, weird, the computer's down. And then you just see his face like, oh, here we go. It's starting. <laughs> like you just see his face change in yep. that instance. And then uh, Stella's like, oh, weird, the phones are down too. And uh, I just love his line. Like Ben Foster's lines of dialogue in this movie are just so fucking good because he's like, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Sheriff. <laughs> so sweet so helpless to what is coming he says it's so weird i don't know can't it's... replicate it but you know what i'm saying oh yes he's got his i don't think anyone can replicate ben foster <laughs> me either um what you want to drink <laughs> you don't bring me what i want to eat what i want to drink, wanna drink. <laughs> it's so good <laughs> oh god and that's when um that's when evan's like i'm gonna go check on gus and he's like check on gus both the windows try to hide they're coming <laughs> he's like, What's and he's like well and i love how he's like and they're gonna take me with them they're gonna honor me for everything that i've done mm. and he's like who's they and then that's when like all the power in this i love the way this these shots look too and like all the power just starts going off around town it's so cool oh yes i love his sky shots he has from the oh i know i imagine is a techno crane but it's like straight down onto the set and it just looks so fucking looks, cool yeah it looks so good and uh yeah that's when like the backup generator comes on and so uh he tells him to just keep an eye on him blah 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 so then this like when he goes to check on gus and he gets to like the the satellite place and he's like looking around outside and you see that like long trail of blood leading up to you know a, a stake in the like a pole in the ground and then he like pans up and it's gus's head yes. which i'm assuming is kind of an homage i'm assuming this is kind of an homage to vlad the impaler which was the original dracula because I don't know if you guys know anything about the original Dracula. Like he was called Vlad the Impaler because like yeah, around yeah. his castle, like he would just impale people. Like he was like a savage. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's kind of what this was. I kind of got like the inspiration of that. I was like, okay, we're, we're doing Vlad the Impaler vibes. I like it. Which, I dig it. 
which fits into the end of the movie when they talk about like it took centuries for them to make them forget and they have this special dialect i could totally see that being a yeah one of these guys might be from then you know what like I mean? transylvania yeah yes. i guess yeah um and then so this is like he's driving th- eben's driving through town and he's telling everybody to go home like barricade their houses um and if anybody doesn't have like a backup generator to meet at the diner and that's another little that's another little nitpicky thing I have about this movie because it's like you get to the scene where it's um, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but you get to the scene where like the whole town's being attacked, but it's like nobody's getting attacked at the diner. Like the diner seems like it's like in the middle of town where all this is happening. Like where exactly? Well, how it, exactly it, have these vampires not attacking this diner too? You know well, what I mean? They actually, they actually set it up a little bit in the movie because the first attacks are like on the outskirts in those little houses. Yeah. You know, like the one that busts through the window and the, the husband and wife are having a fight and he yeah. has a shotgun on the table. Like maybe he's going to kill himself for her. I don't know. That's a weird scene. But yeah. like they kind of start with like they're moving on the outskirts in and the diner's in the center of town. So like they're, mo- okay. they're working their way in. That's what it kind of seemed like to me. That's, That's true. My qualm with the movie, but we can get to that later. Just <laughs> sort of, I don't know how the how it all plays out and how uh-huh. because it is called Thirty Days of Night, it's stretched out over thirty days. Like yeah, yeah. There's some fluff in there, but <laughs> yeah, there is. But we continue. <laughs> yeah. But no, like that was a really good segue because that's the next scene that we're going to talk about is the one with John and Allie. And I love this fucking scene because like, yeah, he's like, they're really good at setting up jump scares without it being like a cheap jump scare. Because like Allie's just standing there in the kitchen and she's telling him to come eat. And you can tell he's like super just depressed over the dogs dying. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I don't know where this fucking vampire just dives through the window. Yes. And uh, like, she's like looking uh, over the other side of the table and you kind of just see him kind of like peek over. And I'm and pretty sure it's the, a little I'm bit pretty sure eyes. it's this guy right here. Yeah, it's too. the bald one. Mm-hmm. And like in the next scene, you just in the next shot, you just hear her screaming, and John goes to like in the kitchen, you just see her just flying out of the window like someone's dragging her. Yes. And, and that's like, why the, I like the jump scare, though, is because like they do the it's not a throw, it's not a black cat, it's not a bird. It's literally <laughs> yeah. like it's a it's the vampire, and it, it's it's a jump scare, but it's directly to the plot, like it actually matters. I like how yes. he just gets in there too. There's no creeping or anything. It's like a weird like home invasion kind of feel. Yeah, he's just like, I'm going through the window and y'all fucked. Like, right. yep. <laughs> Try to stop me, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I really like the way they film the sequence too because you see Allie getting dragged and I love how the vampire like kind of throws her under the house and then just kind of like goes on the other. Does, doesn't he like just like throw her yeah. and then just like grabs her from the other side? He's, yep. very, he's very agile. These vampires are very agile. Something else I wanted to mention is that they're very like very good at like movement and stuff like that they're very animalistic oh very um i like that about like these kind of movies that take place like in not in the arctic but you know what i mean like in deep snow and stuff like that because a lot of houses are built off off the ground and i feel like that's just such a cool element for a horror movie yeah you can add that but just adds, like another say, creep factor every time they walk by the house something could come from all these different directions i yeah. will say that is one thing in this movie i have a problem with you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> it's in the second act and i won't jump around too much but i'll, I'll say is you would expect them to want to hide from the vampires while they're getting around town mm-hmm. and instead they, they but they never go under the houses especially yeah Evan. like you would think he would like crawl under a house and then run out and then get back under a house 
but he doesn't. He's but just kind of we'll running around we... in the open. <laughs> yes, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So John's trying to get Allie out from under the house because, like, he's just like, she's getting dragged under these houses. And the vampire ends up like scratching him across the face. And then he ends up like breaking his leg. And then Allie just gets dragged off. And then this is what I like to call the Kubrian, the Kubrick type shot because you get this next shot of uh ben foster the the stranger standing in the cell and it's just like that very straight on shot it very it reminds me very a very much of a kubrick shot in my opinion yeah like it's such a cool looking shot it's probably like one of my favorite shots in the whole movie (laughs) but he has like this whole like um monologue that he goes on he's like uh that that uh cold you feel it's not the it's not the weather that's death approaching and he's saying like all this like creepy shit (laughs) And, and and only and, he could pull off these lines i oh, mean oh yeah. yeah another actor would have been terrible yeah it would have been butchered <laughs> but no he just brings with such gusto yeah and jake's like jake's like shut up and stella's like he's just trying to scare us and jake's like it's working and he's like which one do you think they're gonna take first the the sheriff the sheriff's kid or the girl that thinks the gun's gonna help her yeah <laughs> and then he's like just totally fucking taunting them the entire time so jake like ends up throwing like a piece of like the plastic game piece that he's that he has for the board game and then the stranger's like oh yeah thank you for the plastique (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm gonna pick my way out of here yeah he's like i can snap this in half and pick the lock and he like tricks jake into like coming up to the cell so he grabs jake which that part too it's like he maybe he is that dumb i don't know but you should know it's a little yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and then ends up eben ends up shooting him and I love, I love what <laughs> like he's immediately. like immediately. Yeah, and then I love how he's like, "You shithead." Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he's gonna cry. Well, he is kind of crying because <laughs> Evan goes into the cell and like pins him up against the bars, and he's like, uh, uh, he's like crying. He turns from like a semi badass, like a weeping little <laughs> little yeah. baby. He put all this work and all this effort, man, and all this stuff he did, and now it's all for nothing. Well, he doesn't oh. know that yet. I know. He doesn't know that yet. Or nothing. He just knows it's going to look really bad when his boss shows up. (laughs) Yeah. I got shot on the job. Do we have workman's car? And now I'm stuck here. So, you know, can you get me out? (laughs) Exactly. But he's like trying to, he's trying to get information out of him. He's like, I don't talk to dead men. And I love how like committed he is to like this character because like when he like screams that line like he's, he's like foaming dro- he's foaming and drooling and spitting yeah. and it's so fucking gross it's like what? and i love the the i like it's so ironic that he says that because he literally talks to dead men <laughs> i mean it's his job is the he, dead men <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like i don't know you're not very truthful there <laughs> um but yeah then evan's like i'm gonna go track billy and we're gonna we're gonna track these fuckers down and so stella's like i'm gonna come with you and I really like the scene with him and Stella because they're like driving and Evan's like, stop the truck. And she's like, what? He's like, stop the fucking truck. So they stop and uh, they're like looking out over the ridge and Stella like puts on, like looks through the binoculars. And I really fucking love the music in this part because it's like, it like zooms in on her and like the music's like, I don't know how to explain it, but you know what I mean? And she like basically repeats the same line that he said. She's like, get back in the truck. And he's like, what? She's like, get back in the fucking truck. So I I do have a problem with this scene. It's not the scene, but it's 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 not the follow through that happens later. So mm-hmm. in the scene, uh, the vampire chases them and jumps on the roof of the car. He's going the speed of the car, correct? Yeah. yeah. So later, again, jumping ahead a little bit though, but 
when they're in the town and um, a certain character is using a certain piece of machinery. And then, oh, they, yeah. and, then, and then they drive away and this heavy machinery that does not go very fast and they get away. Yet we yeah. know at least one of them can run the speed of like 60 miles an hour. <laughs> it's because yeah. they're all filled up on blood, man. These all feel a little sluggish. <laughs> I'll, you, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. You fucking barf, bro, slow down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that is one scene that I was just like, they they established they can move very quickly. Oh, yes. Only when the plot wants them to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only when it's convenience of the plot do they move quickly. They, Other little, than yeah, that. they do get a little powered down in like the second half. The vampires. Yeah. Only, the, only the car stuff, really. Well, and the ferocity. Like, nah, there's that's still where my biggest qualms are with the second half of the movie. But uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> Um, so they're like that, yeah, this fucking vampire's on the roof and it's like trying to slam through the, the ceiling and, uh, Eben like shoots his gun through and you just hear it go. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just, and so Stella like slams on the brakes and it ends up like falling off the hood of the car. And then they end up just keep driving. They just leave it there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which again, like, why did he just jump back up and run? Like, right. So, like, you know. <laughs> yeah and then they're like driving through town and they just see like a like a car on fire like flipped over and it's on fire and then they hear gunshots and you hear helen like screaming over the walkie so then they get back to the someone fucking downstairs <laughs> sorry um yeah so then like you hear helen like screaming through the walkie and so they get back to the station and there's just like a huge fucking pool of blood yes that's what i loved about this scene was um you know, the invasion happened when they were gone. So they're coming to it like it's already started, you know? Yeah. That's what I really liked about it was like, they're already fucking here now. Like, <laughs> yep. Any and other this... movie would show you like them fully going at the town from the beginning. And they only yeah. give you the, they give you the, the trickle of them working their way in. And then they yep. come, you come back to it and they're already fucking here now. Like, I, I really like that. Yeah, me too. And then, yeah, so he's like this is like the moment where the stranger like realizes that oh i know what they really wanted me for because he's like they didn't take me and he's like who did they take and he won't answer and then he's like did did they take my brother and he like still doesn't answer oh i think they would have changed him if he would have uh not got shot and tied up like if he would have went back to the boat like i don't think so i don't think so i think i got the feeling he worked for them for a while I didn't. I, I I think he might have been one of like the my theory is is that he was one of like the the crew members on that ship and they probably killed all the other people on that ship and left him alive so that he could Man, I don't know if that holds up though because why because it, it sounds like he knows what vampires are and he wants to be one so I feel yeah like but I feel like Mar- I feel like that was never Marlo's plan in the first place to turn him I think he was always planning on killing him I just think he wanted to use him to to get to gain access to this town and then once he got what he wanted from um from the guy he was gonna kill him is what i think i never i don't think he ever planned on turning him honestly it can go go either way yeah i guess Uh, i like the i just like the idea of maybe ben was gonna be a vampire because he fucked up yeah he died (laughs) (laughs) because he didn't do it right but yeah yeah um like a pretty good familiar he did cut off the town like he's a pretty good asset you know i mean yeah but i'm sure they could probably find somebody else too 
No biggie. Yeah. Dime a dozen, baby. Dime a yeah. dozen. <laughs> You're replaceable. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I like how this is like the first time you get the the glimpse of the vampires because they're all standing there gathered around and Marlo who's the head vampire he's basically telling like make sure you separate the heads from the bodies because we do not want to turn them yeah and then he like sends them all out to you know do their do their vicious work basically well i feel like that kind of speaks to why they probably weren't going to turn him then they don't want to add anyone else to their tribe Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, that's a good point Mm -hmm. seems like they've got community Seems like they, it's very exclusive, actually. Family. It's an exclusive. You have to like have the VIP member gold card too. VIP <laughs> to get in there. Card. Yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to kill a certain amount of people to be considered into the um, club. But gotta pump those numbers. There you go. <laughs> um, and like this is when you get like a couple, you get introduced to a couple more. Well, I mean, you're already kind of introduced to them, but like you get more of them like as townspeople because they're all meeting up at the diner and they're like what the hell is going on and doug's basically saying like they can't be killed you like shoot them and they just get right back up and uh wilson's dad like you meet wilson's dad and he's like i want to go home like you could tell he has like alzheimer's which is sad that was another character i feel was written into the movie just for the one scene because he's a liability yeah like that's one thing I can't get behind what the movie was that character because it just adds like artificial tension I feel like mm-hmm. you know because it's already hard enough to live in a place like this would would a guy with old timers really be here yeah. it's so secluded and so sec- yeah, it depends if they've been living there the whole life though and it's just maybe been gradually progressing but it's maybe just, if he I, had been in it but like he wasn't the one that like caused an issue later on yeah, because like I, as soon as he shows up and they and they establish the Alzheimer's, it's you you already know that it's going to lead to some set piece, you know. Yeah, like it's it, it takes away it's like plot armor, if you will. Like you know you, they're going to use him somewhere for like a very specific scene that's going to cause a character to do something they wouldn't normally do, which is exactly what happens. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember seeing that when I saw this for the first time. I thought the same thing. So. I don't know. Like it's it's fine, but I wish they would have did it against expectations. Like Scotty said, maybe he isn't the one that causes the problem later. You know? Yeah, like someone farts really loudly. <laughs> oh, that'd be me. I would like, kill Jake, everyone immediately. What the hell are you thinking? Like, all those snacks I <laughs> that's ate. Those, that's those or that Oreos and those Oreos and Snapple. I told ya. Yes, yeah, like, grandma's feeding me fucking prune juice. <laughs> Oh god. god see i don't i don't know i don't really mind that whole plot device i i think it kind of was a clever plot device to be honest with you because it's 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 a better plot device than like the whole you know stereotypical like oh i don't have service trope or my car broke down on the side of the road for no reason trope i feel like this is kind of like a trope that they i don't know i thought it was clever the way they did it um but i can see why you also kind of have a problem with it because like it could just be like a self-serving type of scene where it's just like the the older guy's only there to serve that purpose and that purpose only. But like, I don't know. I guess I don't really. But she s- was though. I mean, yes, but like at the <laughs> time, they still give him some sort of a character. I don't know. Yeah, he does. He does help the one character, the son, be more established. So he do- tinkle. Keep talking. Yeah. All right, go go tinkle, bro. <laughs> um but yeah i oh this this scene is insane because this is the scene where everybody 
starts getting massacred in town like all the vampires are like fucking ripping people out of windows just like killing everybody and you get that really cool fucking uh like um what's the word aerial shot of just like the street as people are running and getting attacked and like it's just such a fucking cool sequence like just everybody so much blood (laughs) so much blood so much carnage so much death like it's insane and that's why I like David Slade's directing, directing eyes. He gives us all these really unique ways to show us like the carnage and the buildup. Cause like, it's something, it's a horrific scene, but the way he shoots it, it's oddly, it's almost beautiful. Cause it's this really yeah. awesome shot. You got the fire. That's like giving you a nice frame on the image. And then yeah. you have like, a, I don't know. It just, it's really well done, which it is sounds kind of weird saying, but it's, it, it looks nice. <laughs> it's beautifully disturbing yes beautifully disturbing (laughs) um and then this is when stella and eben make it back to the diner and this is when like eben and jake have their like nice little reunited moment because i feel like at this point eben probably thinks that jake is dead oh i i would think that immediately after walking in there seeing all that blood like oh my god yeah and then they're trying to figure out like where to go next and this is the scene i want to talk about with denise because like this says a lot about Denise's character in a very, very subtle way. And I feel like I learned a lot more about her character watching the commentary and like the behind the scenes stuff. Cause they actually, I think they actually explain like more of her character. Like she is the town floozy. Like she's used to being, a, she's used to being with many men. So she suggests like going to Johnny Kelso's attic and she's like, it has a pool. It has a pull up ladder. You can, you won't even notice it. And it's like, that must be where she takes her men to have like these little, like, you know. Yeah, I totally picked up on that when when she said that. I was like, oh, <laughs> of yeah. course you would know Miss Threesome. <laughs> Which I, but that's what I love about this film is like, as I said before, I'm not trying to sound like a broken record here, but they really do like these subtle things to really give these people character more so than just like someone that's just there. Like with yeah. her character, like you learn so much about her and just that one little like line of dialogue, you start to think, oh, okay, like she knows because of this and that. And I really think that's cool that they do that kind of stuff with this film specifically, because I feel like if they didn't do that, like you wouldn't give a shit about any of these characters, but I feel like they give every single character some sort of something to latch onto. Yeah. They're not just cannon fodder, which was nice. Exactly. And so they end up like, uh, so then they like, Evan tells them to go wait at the house, like stay in the, like amongst the houses, like stay hidden and uh, they'll meet them there. And like him and Stella end up like going to drive through town. And they end up like, this scene's really cool. Cause um, I guess Melissa George and Josh Hartnett were actually in this car when they flipped it too. Like it oh, wasn't, God. they it wasn't stunt doubles. They were actually both in the car when they actually flipped it. Oh, so like, the, cool. yeah. So like they're all of a sudden just stopped and you like see this vampire and you see like the hand kind of go down the back window. And then all of a sudden this fucking vampire just lifts the car up and just flips it over. But these vampires are fucking strong too. Jeez. And I love this scene because the head vampire sees him. You know, it's almost like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, yeah. he's, he's looking at him like you might be a problem here. Like it's it's really cool. It's it's a nice little introduction for the two to to meet before to they meet. meet again. Yeah, because like you get the cause like he starts shooting out the window and you get that one shot of like the, the bullet just splitting the one vampire's head in half. Yes. And yes. then and then Marlo just grabs the gun from him and you get like that one like it's kind of like I call it the Halloween H2O moment where they see each other for the first time. 
And oh yeah, like, through the doorway. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that scene kind of reminded me of that little shot. Uh, because they both see each other and then like Josh or Josh Hartnett's character is like, the fuck is wrong yep. with you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah, I guess like when they flipped the car over, like Melissa George and Josh Hartnett were legitimately part of that stunt. Like they actually did that. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. See, that's that's why you got good actors doing what they gotta do. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, so like then they're trying to like the vampires are trying to pull him out and kill him, but then this is when Bo like conveniently just shows up at the right time with his little uh snowplow. <laughs> yeah. And he like and they're like driving around killing a couple of them. And then he, this is what you were talking about with it like being like such a slow piece of machinery, but yet they're able to outrun these vampires. And I like how they and just let them go only, too. And this town's only like 20 miles. So it's like they don't yeah. have to go very far to catch up with it. It's pretty them. flat also. Like, he ain't going to lose them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love how they just let them go, too. They're just like, whatever, it's fine. We'll just catch them later. And I wanted to mention there's, like, one part of the music in the scene that I hate. Like, it's the scene where uh, Josh Hartnett's running to the to the snowmobile. Or not the snowmobile, the, you know, what I'm... I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, but he's running to it, and you get, like, those horns in the back. I don't like it. I don't like the way the the music sounds. No, I don't like the way the music sounds right here. It sounds really out of place. I'd have to listen to it again. And I can't. It just sounds really weird. I'm not a fan of it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that was a small little thing. Um, And so they meet up at like the the attic and they're all in there and they're just sitting there and you can like just hear people like screaming in the distance because like they're finding more people like hiding. Mm -hmm. And uh, And it's nice too, because this house... Uh, this is a character that leaves during the 30 days so it is boarded up so it's like it's also like shielded for the most part so yeah in this attic and they don't have to cover anything up because the guy already winterized it and i do like that aspect of it they're sitting in the house and they're hearing the town being murdered yes like that's really scary and creepy be awful (laughs) yeah they're in the attic for like 15 days or something i know and it's like how do we show the passage of time well we'll just give them a beard (laughs) (laughs) I actually think it's kind of a cool, I think it's kind of a cool way that they do it in this film because like, I mean, yeah, they're like in the second act, there are some scenes that kind of meander around a little bit, but I think they did a really good job spacing this movie out within like 30 days without it being like too long. Like it doesn't feel like you're watching a movie where it's like, oh my God, I feel like I'm literally sitting here for 30 days watching this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it moves at a good pace. Yeah, it moves at a good pace. I mean, there are a couple of parts like, I agree they maybe they might spend a little too long in this attic but like at the same time it's like I wouldn't want to move either unless I absolutely had to so it's like they're just kind of like buying their time they're waiting for the next blizzard to come which is another thing I'm like when did they come to the conclusion that these vampires can't hunt during a blizzard like these vampires well, are clearly not affected by the cold so well it's yeah. more vi- well they make the co- mention of cover like visibility like they're assuming yeah. they can't see in a whiteout. So. I guess it's also assuming they can't smell. Like we don't really know a whole lot about these vampires. Yeah, what their scents are. Yeah, what that's true. Is. They're like talking about like what to do with the vampires, and Evans like we'll just ration our food and sleep in shifts. And then uh, I like this line that he says because he's like we have the advantage because we know the cold and we know this town. He's like this is why we live here because no one else can. Yep. Yeah. Like I really cool. like that. Um, that whole Which like makes line sense of dialogue. why they move in the blizzard because they know where they're going where the vampires won't necessarily exactly which was i thought that was really i mean i like that plot device cool light of it yeah and then this is the i like this scene too because this is when um the vampires visit the stranger at the jail cell yes and that's when marlo basically i think he breaks his neck or something 
He does. He doesn't even give him the benefit of biting him to like trick him. He just breaks his neck. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then they feed on him. <laughs> yep. He's like, I'll take, we'll take care of you. And then he just like kills him by breaking his neck, basically. He's like, this I is what it. you get for, this is what you get for, you know, getting us our food. You get killed <laughs> quickly, I guess. <laughs> quickly and painlessly. Yeah. Um, but this is like the scene you were talking about earlier, Cam. Now we're coming full circle here. Uh, Cause they're like sitting up in the attic and Stella's like, I guess it's good a good thing you didn't want kids and she's like can you imagine yeah because the um they hear the uh the screams they, they it was the, yeah this is where they hear the screams of the girl and they, they make that comment and i, I like that and, you know that's 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 their issue that is one wants kids one doesn't and that yep. caused their friction and that one little line does all the talking exactly that says everything you need to know like about most of their issues i mean it doesn't like i said doesn't get into full detail but we don't need to know their whole story i think we're invested enough in these characters that i think we just go off with what we have and i like that so and a lot of it's sold on their chemistry i mean josh and melissa they just have great chemistry they they really good feel like a couple yeah um and then wilson's dad starts freaking out again he's like i want to go home and they like have to calm him down and then uh doug is basically like we need to get out of here like and maybe maybe some of us will make it and maybe some of us won't, but at least that's better than us just sitting here and all getting killed. And then yeah. Jake's like, oh, so Lucy and Denise don't make it, but as long as you survive, whatever. And then him and Jake just start getting into a fight and like they yeah. basically like break it up and Evan's like, yeah, th- yeah, get us into a fight. That'll get us killed a lot quicker. <laughs> exactly. A little bit of that cabin fever. Yeah. Um. And then this is like the cool scene with Kristen because they hear like Kristen like calling for help and she's like walking down the street and the scene uh, is so brutal. <laughs> oh my god, I know. <laughs> yeah, they're walking down the street. She's calling for everybody. You see the vampires on the roof watching her, like yeah. hoping someone comes out to help her. And then when she gets to the end of the line, it's that creepy guy with the super long face and the black hair. Yeah, and they all just start slashing at her. <laughs> Well, because Carter's like, Carter's like, we need to get her inside before they find her. And then Evan's like, look at the, look at the rooftops. rooftops." And then you see him like, so these vampires are very smart. They know what they're doing. Oh yeah. They're baiting. Yeah. Which I love it. I just love the fact too, that they they literally slash her up before they even start feeding on her. They're just opening all these wounds. So when they jump in, she's like marinated, I guess. Like, it's just so much more brutal than the average vampire film. Yeah. (laughs) That's an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> they're, mar- about- they're putting some seasoning on that uh, corpse before they kill it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's yeah. a good demonstration of them fucking with people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in there, so stop fighting. Yeah, but that's, 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 that's like all I really needed. Like one or two scenes of that. Move forward. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also love the scene because you get introduced to the, in my opinion, the scariest looking fucking vampire in this whole movie, the bald one. He is mm-hmm. so oh, fucking my. scary. And I love that they give him so much screen time in this movie, like in the thir- second and third act. Like he's literally like the main vampire that goes around and hunts people. Oh, I get the impression the, he's that he's the like the right hand man. I get oh, that. I get sure. that impression because when she when she comes around the corner and you see him for the first time, he like hisses at her, and mm-hmm. then Marlo kind of puts his hand on his shoulder as to be like, nope hold on we're not gonna attack her yet i know you're hungry for her yes. but hold on and he's like he she's like there isn't anybody left i tried like there's no one else you know to go after and then she says like she's like please god and he's like god and he like he's like <laughs> no, no god, god. No god. 
no god <laughs> and he says it in english too which is like even yeah. more scary because he speaks that dialect the whole time mm-hmm. and so it gets to no god no god <laughs> and then they all just basically start taking turns slashing at her and it's marinating like, her <laughs> it's just and like they really do not shy away from the violence in this movie at all like yeah. they show everything like yeah so like i like how in between this scene you get the scene with uh eben and he's like watching this happen but he also finds john reese and he's like hiding under one of the houses and he's like just stay there and then um after they finish killing Kristen, it cuts back to the all of them in the attic and bo's basically like i need to leave it's he's like i need to go and stella's like no we need you here and that like really seems to resonate with bo like he really is like he feels needed which is which goes back to the whole like setup at the beginning where you know uh Eben is like, he wants to feel like a part of this town. So it's like, you can tell in that moment, he feels like he's actually needed. And that's kind of like a nice little subtle moment between the two of them where he's like, okay, I'll stay because I feel like I'm wanted here, you know? And that's, it's it's just a little set off at the first act and everything, everything they set up in the first act follows through and it's, it's good screenwriting. Yeah. And like, this seems really cool too, because Eben uh, pulls John out from underneath the house and he realizes that John's been turned. And so like John, John starts like lunging at him and he gets like stuck in like there because they're next to like a swing set. Yeah. And he ends up getting like stuck in the swing set. And uh fucking Eben just grabs the axe and starts just hacking at his neck. And I love how it show like it's it, like I said, does not shy away from it. It shows the axe going to the neck. And I like the sound that it makes too. Like when he's chopping the head off, it like makes like a like a breathy, like echoey sound, like what the vampire yeah. would sound like, I guess. Yeah, they do a really good job with that. And it, 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 that imagery is so striking with him, like, hanging on, stuck in the, uh, beheaded, stuck in the the, the swings. Yeah. I, I, that's got to be a panel from the comic. Uh, and then Eben, like, makes it back to the house, and he's, like, clearly having an asthma attack. Like, he's struggling. And he's, like, telling them how John Reese became one of them. And I think this is the moment that, like, Eben actually truly believes that these are vampires. Like, these are no longer human beings. Like, they're clearly... Oh, yeah something else um there's no denying it once you're face to face yeah (laughs) and then marlo's standing there and he he's standing there by the swing set with the other vampires and he like uh checks john reese's head and realizes that he was like one of the like that he had turned into one of them and then that's when he realizes there are more people out there yeah because they assumed like they cleared it out mm -hmm. and now he's like well fuck yeah back to work boys yeah (laughs) And then it cuts back to them in the attic again and Stella's like keeping watch, but she keeps like dozing off. And then this is when Wilson's dad ends up like trying to escape. And so Wilson and Stella, like he's like, I'm going to Wainwright. Like he's just walking down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. And he says, Wilson, get your coat. <laughs> yeah. Get your mother. We're going to Wainwright. Yeah. yeah. I remember going to see a movie and it cost a nickel. <laughs> basically that. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, yeah Stella's tries to stop him with Wilson and he's like, then that old guy's like, can I just use the restroom? Yeah. Like, yeah. Fine. Go ahead. <laughs> As if and they didn't see that coming. And he skedaddles out the window. <laughs> yup. He's pretty spry for an old guy. Oh yeah. And so like Wilson tries to, tries to go out and get his dad, but Stella's trying to hold him back and he ends up just pushing Stella and she ends up like hitting her head on the fucking, like an end table. Yeah. That, that hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of all the violence in the movie i felt that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then that ends up like waking up Eben, so he goes downstairs and finds her on the floor and then this is when you see the scary vampire again because they're like hear him come in and so they're hiding in the bathroom and 
I don't know. He's just really scary. And they got so lucky because again, is a it's a it's a it's a screenwriting thing. I I don't find believable. You hear Wilson screaming for his dad in the middle of the street where we see vampires. Yeah, like you know, at that like, you can look for him. That's one thing, but you're gonna yell for him. I don't know. That just kind of made me go like, okay, yeah. he's not yeah. very smart. <laughs> But I like how after they like you, you see the vampire attack and kill Wilson and then it cuts back to Eben and Stella and they kind of have like this nice little moment where she's like, I should have tried harder to keep him here. Mm-hmm. And Eben's like, well, you can't keep like it's hard to keep somebody from helping someone that they love. And she's like, we were like that once, weren't we? And it's just like a nice little moment, like these nice little yeah. moments that they take the time to really sprinkle throughout character. the film. I like a lot. Um. And then that's when you get like the whole vampire running on the roof and yes. shit. And they're all like, Oh fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're all like yeah. shit in their pants. Basically. I'm sure the, I'm surprised the vampire didn't smell all the shit that was in their pants after that part. They're like, Oh my God. <laughs> Could you like imagine? I, yeah. I'm not going, don't go in there guys. It's stinky. <laughs> He's like, no one in there. No one in it's there. Fine. Next mm, house. Yeah. Ru- ruined meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then this is when Evan's like, uh, it's the blizzard starting. So they end up like moving through the, the whiteout basically and getting to the grocery store, which is what I really like. I mm-hmm. think that makes sense. You know, they know the town if they yeah. can't see shit. They just kind of blind their way there. Yep. And this is another really good vampire sequence too. Cause they're in the store and they're like getting supplies and stuff. And then they hear like some guy like gurgling so they go to the back of the store and there's this fucking guy getting attacked by this little girl vampire she's like tiny and i had a question about her because you can clearly see she has tattoos on her arm so i'm like is this kind of like a like a cult type of vampire clan where they like tattoo because a lot of them have tattoos I, it makes me wonder if they just maybe i think they're just part of the same tribe you know maybe they were a tribe before they return maybe they're like that's their idea of like a tribal tattoo kind of thing maybe that's kind of because like again come back to like the dialect well there could be other there could be more of them you know and this is a way to differentiate between the different tribes you know maybe they kind of stick to the northern hemisphere or something i don't know there might be more and there might be more in that boat yeah probably who knows but well, I like how she's like, I'm done playing with this one. You want to play with me now? <laughs> she and she is terrifying. She she's, is, but she's not even like playful. Bad. She's like, you want to play with me now? Like, yeah, aggressive. <laughs> Calm down, Chucky. Stop I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, I thought this scene was crazy because obviously, um, Evan steps up with his axe and goes to attack her. Well, and I love how oh. he doesn't realize that it's a little girl. Cause like they don't yeah. tell him. So he's thinking it's like a, a full fucking grown vampire. So when she goes running out, he like swings, swings like, above her. Yeah. Which I really thought was kind of clever. I thought that was like a clever little thing. Cause I was like, Oh, of course he doesn't know. It's like a little girl. So of course he's going to miss. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. And I like the screenwriting on this because they established that their problem between him and Stella is having kids. Now he's got to oh, kill a kid yeah. vampire. So it's like, Oh my God, that's some emotional Look trauma. At- that yes it all comes back (laughs) (laughs) and then they're like struggling with this vampire like this vampire is like going at all of them and then uh uh, like get the axe somebody get the fucking axe and then you just see like the axe go into the girl's neck and it's it's the brother yep it's jake that's holding it and he ends up like basically decapitating her Mm -hmm. and 
like i just like this moment with jake because he's like a really human character because he's like she was just a little girl like you can tell he's like very very distraught over just killing the, even though she's a vampire he's like she was still like a little girl like she was like yeah she, it, it, it was an yeah. emotional uh, moment for him to say the least <laughs> yes which is nice because later evan makes that comment to him like listen i saw how you were after after you killed that vampire think you can do that four or five more times yeah he's like are you think <laughs> you think you're really up to killing these things one a few more times okay yes <laughs> um but uh yeah so they're still end, they still end up like hiding out at the grocery store because they can't really move at this point because i think the blizzard is over now so they're like well we can't fucking stay here we're fucked if we stay here and carter there like was it three or four days they end up staying there mm-hmm. yeah. and carter's like carter's like well do you think we can make it to the stair station if somebody creates a diversion oh hi kitty (laughs) i love cats we're gonna hear your purrs on the podcast little purr baby (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah carter's like do you think we can get to the sheriff station if somebody does a diversion and this is where like the whole pot storyline comes in because i just yeah i mean we've said it yep we've said it time and time again but these little these little insignificant moments that take place during the first movie re or the first half of the movie really make an impact towards the end Yes. this being one of them i think this is a, was a really smart uh integral part of like the script in this scene so eben ends up being the one that volunteers to like distract them while he runs to helen's house and uh so the vampires are all following him to helen's house and at the same time they're uh like stella and all them are trying to get to the police station and while they're getting there, uh, Doug ends up getting killed because a vampire just like jumps off the roof, which is another thing where like, okay, they're either together or they're separated when the plot is convenient. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Because it's like, it's like, we never really see, I mean, I guess we do, but it's just like, it feels like most of the time they're just always together. So it's like, it's just weird when you get these random scenes where just a random vampire just comes out of fucking nowhere. And it's like, okay. I could kind of see on this instance because they know they're not alone anymore. So maybe, oh, they all, yeah. maybe they all are on patrol at this point versus like when they thought they were what are they doing in done? the meantime though what are the vampires doing in the meantime when yeah because there's a lot people, of like they could just be reading books bro chilling? <laughs> i mean <laughs> we know that they can play music with their finger when they kill the one people in the house with the record player yeah that's true so he's like djing over in one of the places listen who knows what their day day he's just in here like this <laughs> It's like quick, quick, quick. <laughs> messes up my flow <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so like he gets he ends up getting to helen's house and he's like getting the like the you because they're talking about the ultraviolet light because they're talking about like if they're if they're um if they can't be in the light then this could work and, and i uh, love that because they they're mm-hmm. even like well it might not work and evan's like well you believe it will stella yeah well and i like how they kind of they kind of uh fix that little uh plot hole a little bit because i feel like at first they're like well how do they know that they're allergic to light but then um stella ends up saying well why else would they have him come here first like the one guy everything off yeah yeah um so yeah i mean but i also kind of like how they're not completely sure that this will work it might work it might not um and they even set up too she's like and don't forget you're gonna have to start the generator first because the power's out yeah because like, oh yeah, yeah okay so that some thought went into here you know yeah so <laughs> so he ends up getting there and he ends up getting the generator turned on and all the vampires are like sur- like surrounding the front of the house and i really like how i think her name is iris i think that's the girl vampire's name 
Is that her name, Iris? I think so. And I like how she kind of like, she goes to run up to the door, but then she stops and she like turns around and she's like, can I do it? She's like, I want to do it. I want to be the one that does it. And he's just like, I like how they're just very subtly like, do it. Yeah, but I love it though, because Marla almost doesn't trust it because he recognizes that guy from the beginning. Yeah. He's almost like, is there some kind of fuckery going on over here? He's like, there, it must be a trap. But I also think that he knew it was a trap all along and he let her do it because he knew it was going to happen. Yeah, so too. it definitely gave got that vibe. Like, yeah, go ahead, see what happens. And like, maybe he didn't really like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe. Maybe she was just someone else that he was using. He's like, actually, I have like three or four other side bitches over on the on the on the ship. So that's Come why. On, girl. Go on. That's why I like Marlo. He he. I don't know. He's he's like a true leader in the sense that like. I don't know. Everyone respects him and they're going to do what he says, but he's also like such an asshole because everyone is expendable, but himself. Yeah. He's like, I'm willing to make, I'm willing to make a sacrifice here and there if I need to. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I like how she ends up like running in and he ends up flashing the light at her and she ends up like falling back. And she's just like, I like the way it's immediately. I love the way the makeup looks like the way they did like the burn makeup on them. It looks really cool. Cause like some of their, like some of their flesh is like flaky, almost like it's ashy. Like, yeah. It looks so cool. Yeah. And then he ends up like, he ends up like uh, phoning Stella over the walking. He's like, they're about to cut the power. And then he just like books it as soon as they cut it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it shows Marlo and he's looking at the, at E oh, Iris. And he's like, he, what's his line? He says something like, um, you know what comes next or something something or about what's broken can't be, can't be unbroken or something like that yeah, yeah. basically say i'm gonna kill you <laughs> yeah so he ends up like you know putting her out of her misery <laughs> yeah mm. um, i guess it's interesting because usually they show vampire lore as like they have regenerative capabilities where in this yeah. they're basically saying they don't like well, at least, at least a uv yeah maybe not the light yeah Which yeah i, I like was really interesting i like that aspect yeah, it, it just makes it more of like a, there is a somewhat of a chance, you know what I mean? It's more grounded in reality for these other characters. They have more of like, yeah, like you said, like a chance to to get out of this situation and defeat them in some way, shape, or form. They're not like unbeatable. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then this is when this is when Bo volunteers to be a distraction so that uh, Eben can get back to the sheriff station. So this is like the you get like the big scene where Bo's driving the tractor and he's killing like a whole bunch of these vampires, just massacring a whole bunch yes. of them. And I don't understand why he makes the choice to drive into this building. I don't get it. I, I mean, gave, I guess I it's to try to blow to... it. I guess it's to try to blow it up so like he can trap some vampire. But it's like, did it, you really think all like the vampires? To me, it seemed like he gave him time to set up the dynamite because like he gets in there and then they're breaking through the windows as he's getting the box ready Mm -hmm. versus if he stops in the middle of the road, they could just surround him. But why didn't he just keep driving and just keep killing him? Just keep going. Yeah. Just keep, you know. I mean, I guess maybe at some point they probably would have overpowered him at some point because there's a lot of them, but I don't know. He could have been low on gas, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Just the whole thing, like him driving into the building. I was just like, "Eh, it doesn't really make much sense to me, but okay, that's fine. So yeah, yeah, he ends up like driving into like a building and then he ends up like lighting some flares and like blowing the building up. And somehow he survives. Like he gets out still alive. Well, it's because he was so close to the dynamite. The force of explosion pushed him back. Yeah. Pushed him (laughs) out of the window. (laughs) Bullshit to me. Yeah. I don't know if that's real or not, but it's, it's of course like he get, 
he gets his face squashed yeah because he's like laying there and then fucking marlo just puts his foot on his head and he's like when a man meets a force that he cannot something he ends up defeating himself and then he just like crushes his skull with his foot which is i love it too because like it's it looks like it took no effort for marlo to do that yeah it's just like like, (sighs) yeah he just stepped on like a like a leaf basically yeah a bug Yes. Ooh, it's a bug. Flash. <laughs> Where's <Yeah>. Marlo? <laughs> um, and then like Eben ends up making it back to the sheriff station, and like this whole scene, like I love this whole scene because like this is what I was talking about with Carter's character because you get the, like the subtle scene with his family at the beginning. You don't get anything else, but then he explains this. He goes on this like the big monologue about how he's like soon there's going to be five and he stands up yes. and he like explains that when he was at, when they were at the grocery store and they got attacked by the girl, I think she either bit her or scratched him in like midst yeah. of the chaos. And so like, he's starting to turn into one of them. And like, he basically explains like how his wife and his daughters had been dead this whole time. Like they got killed by a drunk driver and, and he, he talks about how like forever. Yeah. He talks about how like there were so many times where he wanted to end his own life so that he could be with them, but he couldn't like bring himself to do it but he doesn't want to live forever and like be stuck with that memory. So he's like, just do like put me out of my misery. So he basically tells Evan to kill him. So Evan ends up taking him to the other room. And let's, and this is kind of cold too. Cause Evan at this point is like, he's come kind of a kind of a cold, hard killer. Cause they're in that room, like five seconds. And he whops that dude's neck. You know? <laughs> well, not only that, but like Stella's like begging him not to. And he's like, he told us what he wants. Like, that's all he says. Like, he just, and Stella's just like looking at him, like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, and even when Evan, like, after he's done killing that, after he's done killing Carter, he comes back and everyone's just kind of like looking at him, like, you're a psychopath. Yeah. It's like, well, I I took out a vampire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I just, I like that scene a lot because it's all sound design. You know, he goes in the room, we stay outside the room. You see everyone's reaction to the sound of him chopping his head off. Which I think Melissa George's performance in the scene is really good. Like when she's sitting there like against the wall and she's like covering her ears and she's like sobbing. Like, I think it's really like, she does a really good job. Yeah. Um, And so like, this is when they end up, uh, this is like day 27 and they see uh, there, uh, Evan's like looking out the window and he sees from across the street, he sees like somebody signaling to him with, like a flashlight and they realize that it's coming from Billy's house. So they end up like Stella and Evan go over to his house this entire scene was cut out of the movie, by the way. Really? So um, the scene we're about to talk about, the Warner, was it Warner Brothers? Whatever the studio was that mm-hmm. financed it. Um, they thought the scene was far too disturbing and they forced them to cut it out. And when, really? When play, and when they played the movie for test audiences, everyone liked the movie except for Billy's character. Because at the end, all of a sudden, he makes no sense. He just shows up and you don't know why he does what he does. Because, because hmm. they cut this... In, and that they basically David Slade said he they had to go to the battle with the studio to get that scene put back in. Wow. Yeah. Didn't want to I'm glad they did though. I'm glad they did though, because it like it really speaks to the the tragic nature of the situation. Like absolutely. It it makes it even more like upsetting and more tragic the fact that like he killed his own family just to save them from having to deal with the same fate, which is just like unimaginable i'm sure with like you and like with you specifically cam who has kids i don't know yeah. scott do you have any kids hell no okay i didn't think so <laughs> he's, got three, he's got three cats <laughs> but it's like but it's like i'm sure that like speaks volumes to 
to dads out there that actually have families, like I'm sure that's like really triggering. So it's just like, it must be really hard to put yourself in that place where it's like, well, I'm going to have to kill my own family. It's literally the, ah, spoilers for the mist. It's literally the mist ending. Cause like he kills in this, in this movie, Billy kills his two little girls and his wife and then it's gun jams. So he can't kill himself. And, um, and the mist, same thing, instead of letting the mist kill his, everyone in the car, including his kid, he knows he doesn't have enough bullets for himself to kill everyone and himself. So he has to live with it. Yeah. Just like Billy did, which is like, yep. you know, it's just, it's a great scene that I can't believe the studio tried to get cut. I know. I know. That's stupid to I me. Mean, I mean, they did cut it. And then because that's, that's the test audiences didn't understand Billy, they are forced to put it back in. It's like, it should have never even been taken out in the first place. It's like that's one of those yeah. things, though. Like these days, it would it wouldn't be an issue to keep it in there. Oh no, I feel like today people will be fine with it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a part of the times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, then they end up bringing Billy back to the station. That's when you find out that everybody tried for the Utilidor because like nobody's there anymore. And so then you get that like cool shot of them like walking through this like huge whiteout, like yep. the big blizzard, mm-hmm. and. uh and this is when the vampires after him. Yep. Cause then like they're hiding underneath one of the houses. And that's when you see, like, this is such a cool shot too. Cause you get that one shot of like the little girl walking down the, the middle of the street, like with her like coat on. Yes. It's just like a really cool, like cinematic looking shot, but she, it's a uh, Gail. I mean, like you don't really know much about her. Like you see like a shot of her at the beginning when everybody's leaving town, but yeah. like, it's one of the children. Um, and I'm assuming they're using her as bait as well. Cause she's like just walking through the town and Stella ends up like crawling out from underneath the house, but then one of the other vampires like ends up seeing her. Which so again, she... going back to the screenwriting is um, Stella says in the second act that he didn't want kids. Evan. Yeah. So he kills, he is, the, he well, he tries to kill the little girl in the grocery store, whereas mm-hmm. Stella saves the little girl from the street. So yeah. again, it's just, it's cool. It's screenwriting. Yeah. And I'm assuming that Stella is going to be the one that ends up like taking in Gail. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to like make any assumptions, but I'm assuming that she's going to be Gail's mom. Cause I'm I, sure I, that yeah. their parents are dead. So, <laughs> and was she, yeah. so when I looked at the IMDB, both of her parents were men. So did she have two gay parents? Interesting. Huh. Yeah, two daddies. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, me too. That's cool. I, I did. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So then like, Stella ends up run, running off with Gail and the other vampires stand there and then Billy just ends up booking it. He's like, fuck this. And of course, <laughs> Billy's the one that gets hunted. <laughs> yeah, Billy ends up getting followed back to the Utilidor because that's when... Uh, so Eben ends up making it back to the Utilidor and he like ends up like reuniting with everybody and he's like asking, did Stella and you know Gail make it? And they're like, no, they're not here. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Marlo and he's talking about how like it took them so many years to, to make them not believe. And he's like, we can't let them suspect that we were ever here. And he's like, make sure you kill them all basically. And it shows them uh, destroying the pipeline, letting all the oil go into the streets, which is a callback to Bo at the beginning with his truck leaking oil. Yup. Well, cause even Marlo even uses the oil from the truck. Cause I think where he's at is where the truck was like broken down on the side of the road. And I think that's, that's what body. he's using. To sl- I thought it was the oil. Cause he's like, I, I thought he was slicking his hair back with the oil. Cause it looked it was- black. Like you're probably the, right. Like the puddle that you're, I don't know. It could have been a body. I'd have to look again, but I uh, assumed it was the right. oil from the, and I'm assuming that's where he got the idea from. Cause he's like slicking his hair back. 
And then I think that might be where he got the idea to like burn the town down. But that I don't know. I could be wrong. It could be a dead I like body. It. I don't know. I like but, it either way. They're both good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So like Billy ends up getting there and then you see like the scary vampire has followed him. And uh, he's like walking through trying to find everybody. And then the vampire attacks him and like bites him on the neck. And then everybody kind of comes down and like starts fucking just like trying to kill this vampire. Like they're all jumping on him and he's like, like, it, like it's so it's funny looking, but it's also a really cool sequence because they're all yeah. just getting thrown around like rag dolls. And which I'm like very risky move because their claws are sharp. So one scratch and you're like done for. Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> I was like the fact that these people are being so ballsy about it. I'm like, okay, well, all right. <laughs> but yeah. um, so like the vampires like attacking Eben and then Billy pushes him into like the the muffin monster, basically. The muffin monster. <laughs> yeah, but in the process, he ends up getting his ha- own hand cut off too, because he comes back up and his hands like gone. Yes, mm. he get, Billy gets it so he deserves. Oh, it. <laughs> kinda, yeah. yeah. And he's like screaming, like he's like screaming, and then all of a sudden you hear like that's what you were talking about earlier, Cam, with like the he's screaming turning. changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like Eben just takes the axe and like it shows the entire beheading the entire time. It's like four wax, <laughs> like four it's wax, not and you quick. see like the head just like, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, yep. it's brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what got him at NC-17. They had to go and change the sound of uh, his screaming. It's so hmm. weird. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I guess that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's the one loophole that you get to make a bloody-ass movie as much as you want. Just make sure the characters aren't actually human. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's a fine line. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then he has, like, this nice little moment with Jake where he's like, you did a good job getting everybody here. And then uh, Stella ends up like radioing him over the walkie. And she's like, we're trapped under a car. Cause she's like trapped under a car with Gail. And the whole city is already on fire at this point. No, not yet. Not yet. Cause this is like right when Marlo cuts it, like cuts into the pipeline. You see like the, the, you're right. The, the oil match. like uh, going down the hill and then get that cool shot of like the match and him just dropping it, which is a really That's cool right. shot. Yeah. Yes. Um, And then this is when Denise, when Denise is like, no one will believe this this ever happened they'll think it was just a horrible accident and then lucy says like they'll end up taking out point hope and wayne right next so she's like they're just gonna move from town to town until everybody's dead yeah i'm like that's really scary yeah terrifying <laughs> and then he's like well if stella ends up staying she'll burn but it, they'll kill her if she tries to run and then that's when he realizes what he has to do he's like oh he's like what does he say oh he says dear god he's like dear god and so like he ends up going down and he's like has a syringe and he ends up taking blood from Billy's body and shoots it up. <laughs> he shoots it up like heroin, man. <laughs> he seemed to know what he was doing too. I think there's a little bit of history there. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz he he straight up like let's go. <laughs> like two fingers. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I like that's how they resolve things him turning into a vampire to fight. I kind of do. I like it. It's uh, different. Yeah. I guess. Maybe I don't like the way his design looks. What do you mean? He's just he's just in the beginning of changing. I know. He's just, just <laughs> like they wanted to keep him still look enough like Josh Hartnett, you know. Like, <laughs> well, all the he still wanted to look, look sexy. Yeah, right. But it's yeah. like he's only been a vampire for like five minutes, bro. I don't know. And then he well, we'll get to the fisting. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, oh, the fisting. <laughs> I totally My favorite part. Else. Just kidding. Oh, so did I. I'm sure I like, everybody, what? sure everyone who's listening days. to this, uh, this is 30, 30 days, days of fisting. 
It's not 30 days of thighs. It's 30 days of nights. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, really love this moment where they're like kind of debating on whether they should kill him. Like, because they're like, what, is, what if he like comes at us like when he turns and Jake is like, nobody touches him. And then like, that's when I Evan's like, blood. I can smell your blood. Yeah. And Which I love- Straight out of the comic. And I love the music in this part too. Like I fucking love, I think this is my favorite part of the music in this whole movie. It's just like that, like, I think it's like that synthy type of music in the background. Yes. It's so cool. Um, yes. And he's like, as soon as, uh, as soon as they're all looking at me, make sure you, you know, uh, phone Stella on the walkie and tell her to run. Mm-hmm. and so but i don't like the music when eben walks out and it's like the drum stuff yeah. it just seems so out of place to me like, oh, I like when you think about the rest of the music it's just like uh-uh. i like it in terms of the themes of the characters because they're they are like a tribe and it kind of goes a little bit more tribal and it's yeah and it's aesthetic for the big fight oh yeah definitely <laughs> but you get like this like stoic like scene where eben's like walking with his little parka and like all the vampires turn to look at him and then he just starts beating the shit out of Marlo. Like he doesn't even hesitate. He walks right up to him, yeah. just bam. And then he realizes, <laughs> oh, you're a vampire. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he like, doesn't realize. Yeah, because he ends up like taking like Evan's head and he's like slamming it against the hood of a car. Yeah. And he lifts his head up and he realizes that, yeah, he's turned. So he's like, fuck. This is actually going to be a fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're like literally beating the shit out of each other as like Stella's like running away. Because Stella realizes like what's happening. Yeah, she's stunned when she sees him because she's mm -hmm. like, oh, he's a fucking vampire now. Like, (laughs) yeah, and he's just like, go, get out of here. So she ends up running away. And uh, like, it seems like Josh, like, it seems like Evan's going to lose. And then all of a sudden the vampire just like lunges at him and he like fists him through the mouth. Which has got to be from the comic because like, it's kind of (laughs) bullshit. It's cool. It's like, you know, you don't really see it coming. I just would have, yeah, I mean, it's kind of shocking, but. But Evan's hand isn't even like fucked up. Like, I he know. just punched through all that teeth. It should be like mangled. Should yeah. be like fucking just cut the fuck up because those are like shark teeth right there. Exactly. Like it could have been a smoother way for him to fist him. You know, like, <laughs> I feel like it could have been a better way to do well, that. Well, I should lube it up with some snow well, first. It's like, like, it's so like kind of herky jerky. Like, I don't know. They're fighting. I feel like you could have. Bam, 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 and then like, <laughs> boom, right through. Yeah, but they do show the vampires lunging every chance. Yeah, he does did. have momentum, so, so. <laughs> I mean, he really didn't have to punch hard. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I think it was a, an adequate fisting. I think so too. Yeah, <laughs> five out of five fisters agree. Yes, an adequate way of fisting in my. Opinion. I got one fist I raised towards their. There fist. are no accidents <laughs> in fisting, so. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no slip i fell <laughs> but i love how like all the other vampires like now that their leader has fallen they're like oh sorry my which bad. does beg the question did they just let all the vampires go back to the ship i'm guessing it would all... seem that way like well it's evan... not like they know where they came from i know but wouldn't evan want to be like all right i'm gonna finish the rest of you and stop this I right here right now with your name on it come here yeah <laughs> because i mean granted that was a one-on-one so like i feel like these vampires could like just surround them like hyenas well if it is like a tribe though then they'd be like oh he's like our leader now reluctantly i'll fuck this guy but like we're not gonna mess with him maybe yeah i don't know the it's claw. Just, like the like it. a fucking toy story when the yeah. when all the aliens are surrounding buzz light here and they're like 
oh, our leader. That's what it would be like. <laughs> I've seen those movies so many times now. Next to oh, Amelia, all face. the vampires would be like, our leader, lift him up. <laughs> but it's they does the, they do uh i mean i don't know maybe it's smart script writing because they don't have to explain it it's cut straight to him and stella at the sunset I mean, it's probably implied they killed him i guess yeah i, don't know. I mean no i don't think so because he even says like he's like should i go after them oh yeah and um like i don't know why he doesn't end up going after him but then like stella's like what did you do to yourself and he's like what i had to do and and that's another problem with the ending i i don't like is there's other vampires he's a good guy he can withstand his his hunger as he's shown and not attack innocent yeah um why does he feel the need spoiler why does he feel the need to kill himself like i feel well, like that's just a really sloppy he way he doesn't want to kill humans that's the only way you don't just, have to though i, I mean, just feel I like it wouldn't be logical for him to stay alive like how the fuck would he be all, like what do you have to do s- yeah yeah they, it just wouldn't just, be feasible uh, he could go after the other vampires. You want to keep him in the basement like the Babadook? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael. <laughs> Actually, I don't mind that part of the movie. I think that's keep cool. him in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just feel like Josh Hartnett wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think I just. I, I was fine with him getting roasted. <laughs> like a turkey. I mean, I yeah. feel like what the hell's the other option? Like, what are they gonna do? Go after the other vampires. Why? It's not that kind of. Donate movie. your body to science. I mean, and he sacrificed we... himself for Stella. That's the that's the true lesson we should be taking here. Right. right is it was a full circle moment. Everything they talked about in the movie, like he did, he did it because he loved her. Yeah, so he sweet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the way it looks though, like when he's burning, because like you just see like the skin. Just so like I, I read that he was in makeup for seven hours because originally it was practical. And then after they made the movie, Slade didn't like the way it looked. So Weta went in and added all the effects of like it flaking off and stuff mm-hmm. and made it CGI. That's what I thought was really cool because it, it looks, the CGI it doesn't movie, look like CGI. It's, no, it looks good. So yeah. But yeah, he ends up like, they're like sitting there watching the sunset like they did on their first date, which is sad. And then he ends up dying. Yeah. And then you get that like one final shot of like Stella just looking off in the distance with vengeance in her eyes. Cause she's like, I'm going to fucking kill these motherfuckers, which would have been really cool in the second movie if she did that, but we, they didn't do it. Well, they kind of did, I guess, but it wasn't her. We don't like to talk about that movie. Yeah. It's kind (laughs) of like the Halloween resurrection we retcon that movie we pretend it doesn't exist but yeah that is that is basically how 30 days of night ends folks do you guys think the imdb score is accurate 6.6 i think it should be higher i think it should be a 7.5 scotty i'm fine with the score nice way to jump ahead though and hijack my podcast thanks (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) um i'm sorry who runs the show again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just, I'm just oh, it's just fun i don't mean to make fun no sorry no seven point i was just giving you shit <laughs> i would give it a 7.5 because i think this is a fucking hell of a movie i land at a seven with it okay what yeah. about you scotty this is, are we going like off imdb out of 10 then yeah yeah uh like a 6.5 ish is for me okay you'd go lower than what it is is that a 6.8? A 7? 6.6. 6.7. 6. 
It's not my favorite movie. I really, really like. See, this is also the guy who doesn't like Poltergeist. So I mean, come on. Mm. There are <laughs> plenty of us out there. <laughs> I, I think that I think the setup is awesome. I, I like. Yeah. I think once you get past that really cool aerial shot of the town being sieged, then it slows down really hard for me. Mm. Okay. I, but I have an issue with movies, in See, my perception, that have wonky pacing. Yeah. I don't mind slow burn. I like slow burns. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It hurts. I've already aired my grievance. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what would you... So we're going to get into the story and the quality ratings out of 10. So I did Camp my bad. <laughs> or Scott, will you tell me your story rating out of 10? Story, I give it a nine out of ten. I okay. Love the story of this movie. Okay. Quality, I mean, quality would go with IMDb. I go about. I think quality seven point five. Okay. Yeah, about seven point five out of ten, just because my grievances from earlier. Some of the stuff like them being able to run super fast is only convenient when the plot calls it. So, um, the old timer's grandfather. I still, I feel like if they would have cut that sequence out, the movie's pacing would have been incredibly more more structurally sound yeah and that's really i mean that's really about it it's just like you know those little two grievances i have other than that i'm good to go okay story-wise i think the story i think the concept is badass i think it's awesome so oh yeah um, i mean i i'd still give it like an eight you know story-wise i think it's, it's i think it's a really cool idea I think it could have been executed a little differently in some parts this fucking quality guy. wise i think it's really really well made and very well acted and it looks yeah. really good. So I think all the technical aspects, it's really solid. But I would still stick with like a 6.5. Like I said, I just I feel like you could shave 15 minutes off this bad boy. This motherfucker. <laughs> just make it a little bit leaner and meaner. Yeah. I mean, lean and mean is always cool. <laughs> For me, I gave the story an 8.5 out of 10. Um. And the only reason I didn't get a perfect 10 is for like the little kind of inconsistencies that we kind of pointed out throughout the film. Like it's not a perfect film story-wise. There's a, there's a couple little plot holes that I'm just kind of like, that doesn't make sense of how, or there's like, just like convenient plot, like devices in here, here and there that just kind of like, no, I don't know. Yeah. So like for story, it doesn't get a perfect 10, but the quality, however, did get a perfect 10 out of 10 for me because the acting from everyone in this film is fucking amazing the vampire like the look of them the the fact that they came up with their own language for these vampires is just so fucking cool to me like the the practical and the the even the cgi effects in this film look so good um like the music the setting everything about it for me quality wise it's a perfect movie so i gave it a 10 nice job okay, thanks okay. thanks <laughs> and what are your guys's favorite scenes and least favorite scenes favorite scene by far would be the siege top down okay shot. or the ben any ben foster scene really okay what yeah. about you scotty i'd probably say the same thing yeah look at that in sync yeah. um <laughs> yeah pretty much i do like when they kind of uh, they break into the house, like the home invasion thing we were talking about. I think that scene's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the earlier stuff, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what about least favorite scene? 
the grandpa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I figured that was going to be your least favorite too. <laughs> yeah. I don't like Jake also. I know he's pretty like human and realistic and that he is kind of flawed and stuff, but he just kind of annoys me. <laughs> he, killed, he, he saved his brother. I don't care. He's still annoying. <laughs> I kind of like him, but I like I don't Jake. Know. Yeah, he, he's a character I'd expect in this movie. He's like, Badass, <laughs> rough brother, and then you've got his. Oh, I want to go to grandma's. No fight. Yeah, I'm, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> I gotta deal with this all the time, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about favorite scenes or least favorite scenes. Scotty, not least favorite character. So yeah, are you just talking about? Scenes. Are you just referring to like all of his scenes? <laughs> Is that what you were saying? Oh, okay. No, I don't. What's my least? The grandpa. Grandpa. Okay. You're such a copycat. I also don't like when they like use kids in movies to like make the characters like come out and do something. Like, oh yeah. my god, there's this random child we've got to save. But <laughs> it works in terms of the character arcs of Stella. Yes, it does. But it, it all comes full circle. Yeah. It does. But I still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me my favorite scene is either the grocery store scene or the you like the whole final scene at the utilidor where the one vampire attacks attacks billy yeah oh, like yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. the whole scene where um evan turns himself i really love that scene a lot I, the whole utilidor scene is badass yeah 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 I like the horns and the drums <laughs> of course you do <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy <laughs> this He's, fucking guy all day i gotta deal with this <laughs> jeez what is your least favorite i don't know if i really have a least favorite scene because like i don't mind the pacing in this movie at all i don't feel like i mean i guess like slightly i guess maybe like one or two like one of the attic scenes i'm not like a super huge fan of just because like maybe it could have just been a little bit quicker but I don't really have any like grievances with this film. So I guess like the most nitpicky thing I can think of is like take out one of the attic scenes and you know, we don't really need, I don't know. Solid. I, yeah. I liked the movie more like over the years. I really didn't, I didn't care for it at all when I first saw it. Which blew my mind. Cause when I watched it, I was like, you're fucking granted. Idiot. I missed like the first, <laughs> I guess 10 minutes. So maybe that made a difference, but I really, I, it took me a while. I actually kind of like this movie. Yeah. But I, I do like it now. Well, good. It's a good you, end. You saw, you saw the wrongs of your ways? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you've become a better person for it. Uh, it's a good end. All right. So are you guys ready for the We Love Horror Trivia Game Show? Woohoo! Yeah. Hello, horror guys and gals. And welcome to We Love Horror's Impossible Movie Trivia. Hosted by our lead freak, Michael. Test your wit against the odds and see if you can make it out alive. Heed my warning, though. This trivia is not for the faint of heart. Proceed. If you dare. (laughs) Put your claws together, ghouls, and give it up for the host, Michael. Hello, horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror Trivia Game Show. We have two lucky contestants today. Are you guys ready to play the We Love Horror Trivia Game Show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so the rules are simple. The first person to answer a question gets the point if they answer it correctly. If they do not answer it correctly, the second person gets the chance to steal the point if they answer the question that they got wrong. All right, Scotty, so these questions are multiple choice. So question number one, what state does the movie take place in? Is it A, Vermont, B, Maine, C, Antarctica, or D, Alaska? Alaska. That is correct, sir. Let's put a point on the board for Scotty. You got it. You got an easy one. Whatever. (laughs) You went easy on you. (laughs) Question number two, Cam. What actor plays Eben Olsen? Is it B or A, Ethan Hawke, B, Josh Hartnett, C, Ashton Kutcher, or D, Colin Farrell? Josh Hartthrob. You (laughs) answered wrong. I go. It is hard. It is Hartnett, so I mean, oh, just my kidding. God. <laughs> well, I know what you meant. That is correct, sir. You, it is Josh Hartnett. Awesome. You get the point. So you guys are tied right now, one to one. All right, Scotty, question number three. What has the stranger taken and left in a pile in the snow? Is it A, dead dogs, B, CB radios, C, cell phones, or D, rifles? Cell phones, C. That is correct, sir. All right, question number four, Cam. What does the stranger do to John Reese's dogs? A, lets them go. B, chains them up. C, nothing. Or D, kills them all. Kills them all. Correct. All right, question number five, Scotty. Where do the remaining survivors hide out? A, the post office's basement. B, the bar. C, in an airport hangar. Or D, the attic. The attic. Correct, sir. (laughs) (laughs) They hide out there a little too long, in my opinion, but it's all right. (laughs) All right. Question number six. When Isaac wakes up in the attic and goes downstairs, where does he tell Stella and Wilson he is walking to? Is it A, Point Hope, B, Wainwright, C, Fort Pastor, or D, back to his house? B, Wainwright. Wainwright. That is correct. Nice job, Cam. You didn't know. Look at you. I knew like, it. Mm. It's, all, I knew it. it's all stuff we didn't like. It's like burned into our brain. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing here, Michael. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Question number seven, Scotty. Who is the leader of the vampires? Is it A, Edward, B, Iris, C, Jesse, or D, Marlo? Marlo. Correct. It's Merlo for Marlo. I love how Edward's on there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <sighs> Question Sparkle. number eight, Cam. Bo dies in the explosion. He set off to kill a few vampires. True or false? True. Well, he doesn't know. He does not die in the explosion. The explosion knocks him on his ass and he gets stomped by all right Marlo. all right you almost you almost answered that question wrong but you it's correct. kind of a trick question yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> all right question number nine who is jake eben's nephew eben's son stella's brother or eben's little brother eben's little brother correct well, all right care. final question cam who became who becomes a vampire to save the rest of the group? Is it A, John, B, Jake, C, Eben, or C, D, Stella? Eben. Correct. So we have a tie. 
What do we do? So I guess I win. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> and the winner is me. Fair enough. <laughs> because I was not expecting a tiebreaker, even though I should have, considering those questions were so fucking juvenile, it wasn't even funny. But <laughs> it's okay. Congratulations, you guys. You tied and everybody wins today. Woo! Thank you guys for participating in the We Love Horror Trivia Game Show, and we will see everybody next time. Bye. Bye. That was fun, guys. Thank you for participating in the game show portion. Oh, that was good. Thank you. Sorry that the questions were so easy. <laughs> it's okay. Last like, week's had harder questions, so I was, I was like, I didn't know what to expect. I know that's why I feel bad. I'm like, damn, giving some people the hard questions and some people get it easy. <laughs> we're a bunch of dummies. Well, you're, no. a dummy. <laughs> you're a dummy. You're a dummy. I don't want to embarrass. You don't like poltergeists. Uh, yeah. Still can't get over. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I had a lot of fun with you guys on this episode. Thank you for joining me. Um, did you guys want to plug yourselves in one last time for the listeners before we go? Yeah, sure. We sure. could do that. Well, thank you, Michael, for having us on. Um, if course. you guys happen to enjoy me and Scotty, which is <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> um, <laughs> we um, we're you know, we got a production company, Hale House Productions. Uh, you can look that up on any of the social medias and you will see you know, behind the scenes of movies we're shooting, stuff like that. So if you're interested in our film Entropy, we did an episode with Michael on that already. I hope you guys already heard it, uh, which is currently in film festivals now. And we are keeping everyone up to date on our social medias. So feel free to reach out. Very, very nice. But yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at We Love Horror Podcast. Um, I'm also on Spotify, wherever you stream your podcasts. Feel free to leave me a five-star rating interview on Apple Podcasts. That would really help the podcast grow. You know, shameless plug-in stuff, all that thing, you know. Um, also, real quick, want to give shout-outs to my top-tier patrons on Patreon. So I have Josh from the Horror Movie Crew, Anthony from Porcelain Peak, Heather from Wednesday Wine and Horror, and Mark from a podcast on Elm Street. Thank you guys for being the top-tier patrons. And um, yeah, join us next week for another Winter in July segment. So thank you guys for coming on again, Scotty and Cam. Really love and appreciate you both. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Of course. And thank you guys for your love and support. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. See ya. That's Vidania.